Yo, 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 yo. Another episode of Sit Down with Slim. Um, I always fuck up and forget to do my introduction, but here's the intro. Um, stop what you're doing right now before I start this episode and go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, Sit Down with Slim. I got a really good interview on there with CT Certified. Check out his merchandise at livegoodgang.com. A lot of good stuff. You probably seen me wear it in in a couple of my videos and interviews. Um, very positive brother. Very good message he has on there. Make sure you check that out. But uh, I know y'all tired of hearing me talk, so here's the, another episode of Sit Down with Slim featuring my guest, Keldrick, man. I hope y'all enjoy. But that nigga blew it. I wanted him to do this podcast with us. That's a funny nigga, bro. Yeah, sometimes you need niggas like Blue. When that nigga said <laughs> he couldn't put the McDouble down, bro. <laughs> I promise you, dog. I had to put my phone down for a minute, bro, because that nigga was wild. But I could see what he was saying, bro. It made a lot of sense. A lot of people say that. like It, it was comical, but at the same time, it's like he had a good-ass point. And he did, bro. Real good point. People are addicted to food. Um, as far as the government, as far as the government got down trying to make people addicted to food so they can kill them off, that's some bullshit. I'm not going for that. Well, I'll say this. I feel like since our government is based on free enterprise and the people that's capitalizing off of people being overweight, overweight mm -hmm. is a direct, you know, result of yeah, our government system. Direct, uh, uh, direct correlation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in America shouldn't be as unhealthy as they are. Mm -hmm. Like our healthcare system shouldn't be making as much money as it should as it is. You know what I, I mean? Agree. I agree. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a choice, and uh, I feel like it's a cop out just to blame the government. Every time somebody just blames the government, it's like they really just copping out. Like, hey, I don't want to take accountability for my life and my actions, so I need somebody to blame, and the government is the easiest target. But how much of your choice is it? We still talking about the eating thing? Yeah. Well, anything that you do. Um, As far as the eating thing, it's 100% your choice, especially nowadays. Like, if, if he would have said something like that to me in the 90s, or maybe the early 2000s, I probably would have been right there with him. Like, yeah, it is way easier for me to go to McDonald's and, and get a double cheeseburger than it is to go to wherever the hell else and, and get some fresh vegetables. But now we got so many options. We got uh, Trader Joe's. We got Whole Foods. We got uh, Sprouts. We got so many health food stores now. Like, you have options. It's just what do you want to do now? But I think those options are specific to our generation mm -hmm. you know what i mean because it's something it's something that was basically uh handed down basically like uh our parents taught it to, taught it to us and that's where we're at right now but eventually chains got to get broken mm -hmm. and now we just need to teach it to the next generation like hey you know there's healthier options out there i wouldn't even say i wouldn't even use our parents teaching us this because it's a lot of shit that my parents taught me mm -hmm. that I just don't go for, you know? Like what? Give me an example. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> my mama is racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I would have brought a like white most, girl. Like most parents. Exactly. Like, 
and I have a love for all people, even though I understand that white people are, you know, inherently privileged, and some of them inherent that natural racism that comes with that. Uh-huh. You know, I don't put it past them, or I don't put hold it against them because, you know, that's them. That's what you was brought up to believe. That's just who you are. You know, can people change? I believe so. Yeah. But you know, just like if somebody tell me they're addicted to McDoubles, you know, I can understand. <laughs> you know, I don't care what you watched growing up. Uh-huh. There was a McDonald's commercial somewhere that was programmed over time into you thinking, okay, shit, I just want to make double. I want to make flurry. I hate McDonald's, but I'll still go get a McFlurry. You know, I ain't even know I ain't even know niggas like ice cream that much, bro. I was so shocked when Blue told me he was addicted to ice cream. I'm not like, addicted bro, to ice cream. I can't imagine this big, this big ass, two hundred and fifty pound grown ass man <laughs> getting an <laughs> ice cream cone, <laughs> riding down like, the street, just, yeah, riding down the street, licking a fucking cone. <laughs> like I cannot fucking imagine that, dog. That shit caught me off guard so bad. So, what is your vice, food wise? Something that you it, you would have trouble with putting down? Um, hot wings. I love hot wings. I cannot. I can't go without the hot wings. Um, recently, like in the last couple years, I, I've been addicted to burgers. Like when I just came here, I had got two burgers. Yeah, yeah, I love burgers. Um, that's about it. Anything else? I can really, I can put anything down though. Dog. Like I, I just don't have an addictive personality. That's why I don't relate to people when they're like, "Oh, I'm addicted to this," because I just don't have it. And like as far as foods go, like if I went to the doctor today. And the doctor told me, like, hey, you have high blood pressure. Uh, you need to change your diet. with whoop. I'll be like, you know what? You're probably right. I probably do drink too much. I probably do eat too many hot wings over the weekends. I would just stop cold turkey. Like, I'll be like, yeah. well, I, I wouldn't stop completely. What I would do is I'll continue to eat healthy like I've been doing. And on the weekend, instead of just going ham, I probably would slow down on drinking. I probably would go from drinking every weekend to only drinking one weekend out of the month. And see – at the beginning of the year, I had a New Year's resolution just like every other head ass. I and did too. <laughs> <laughs> every month, I give up something. January, I gave up alcohol. February, I gave up sugar, which was the hardest one so far. And last month, I gave up beef and pork because I love tacos, burgers, and all that stuff too. Uh-huh. And that wasn't that hard. And I actually felt cleaner, you know, just eating nothing but chicken and seafood. And I could see myself you know, going on with life, just being straight seafood and chicken, even though today I had two waffles. <laughs> you know, shit, I'll be The quick contradiction. Right. I mean, but other than that, you know, I think this month is sex, and next month I got to give up smoking, which I should have been dead because I had health issues. Uh-huh. They told me I need to quit smoking, but... You, you know, said that, you said this month is sex, so you haven't had sex all month. Hell no. Damn. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's a long ass time, bro. And I actually got a podcast coming out tomorrow. By the time the people hear this, it'll probably be a week old. But um we talk about that, the two people on the podcast with me. I wanna say one of them was celibate for two years. Mm-hmm. The other one was celibate for I think they said eight, nine, or ten months. Is the, these dudes? One was a one was a guy, one was a girl. The girl had to be the year. Mm-hmm. And the guy was two years. Well, I think I could give up sex. 
but I would really have to want to. There would have to be a reason for. So how did it help you being celibate this month? Well, of course you don't call it celibacy. How did it help you sustaining from? Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it gives you a clearer mind. Um, it makes you feel stronger in the sense that it's something that you're used to doing and you can give it up. Cause I have an addictive personality. Okay. Hence the, I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, I used to smoke weed, but I haven't smoked since 2012. You know, because, you know, some legal stuff. But it makes you feel a sense of control over yourself. You know, and that's what I said on that podcast. I said, uh, I feel like people that practice celibacy, they do it because it kind of makes them feel like a superhuman. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm not I'm not doing this and you're doing this. Uh, I'm better than you. Kind of right. like vegans. <laughs> well. Because celibacy is like, is like almost like veganism now. But see, that's the that's the difference in different type of people, because I posted at the beginning of the year uh, my goals to accomplish for the year for each month. Mm-hmm. But you follow me on social media. I haven't said anything about me yeah. abstaining from anything. You're right. Because, you know, it's a personal achievement to me. And I'm not the type of person who posts everything online. No cap. <laughs> 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 bro, for the listeners, please tell them your no cap story. This, Man. That shit was hilarious, bro. So I went to Darlington Saturday for the car show. It was a dunk master. He had a car show and a, a drag show. So, yeah, that sounded bad. But, <laughs> you know, the dudes that I would roll with, they was telling me, you know, all this new stuff because they listened to that young nigga music, which I can't get into. And so they said, no cap, no cap. And I was like, man, what the hell are y'all talking about? Yeah. And so they explained it to me. I was like, oh, that shit kind of cool. But that shit made me feel old as hell. Because so I was like, okay, no lie. You know, that shit was <laughs> when we was in college. Yeah. When Drake and them came out with that shit. But no cap, I was like, you know, y'all niggas always got to come up with some new shit. And I felt bad because. It make you feel like you just, you just this old lame nigga now. I mean, I don't feel lame, but I just feel old. Yeah. Because I don't, shit, what these new niggas doing don't Man, phase anything I, was telling, I got I, going on. I was telling my homeboy the other day, I uh, he called me, and for some reason when people call me on the phone, bro, I don't just, I rarely just answer and be like, hello. Most of the time I just start talking. I don't know why the fuck I do that shit. I just do that, though. Because uh, you a talking-ass nigga. Yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> but so he calls me, and first thing I said when I pick up the phone was, bro, I want to start saying no cap. <laughs> I mean that shit that shit cool. When you listen to it, it's like, hey man, no cap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know? Man, I just hit, you know, hit a lick, no cap. Some nah. stupid shit. The know? other one the other one these young boys saying they be like, on God. On God. <laughs> they love that on God shit. See, back in the day it was like, I swear to God, bruh. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I swear on my mama. Dog. But um you said some real shit about that though, dog. Times change so quick, bro. It's like one second you the cool young nigga, then you blink one time and you the old nigga and people jiving on your hairline. Well, that's why I'm glad I shaved my hair. Yeah, niggas starting to jive on my hairline now, bro. I'm getting kind of insecure about it. Oh, like, yeah, I've been seeing that shit, too, but they've been killing <laughs> your ass, boy. Hey, I ain't going to lie, bro. One day my girl took a picture of me, and I seen my damn hairline in the back of my shit. I was like, man, it's time to go. Man, that shit was fresh, but that shit was in the middle of my head. See, bro, I haven't had that revelation yet. Like, you gotta I look see in, it for yourself. Yeah, when I look in the mirror, I think I look all right. So when I think <laughs> it's not all right, when I think it's not all right, I'll shave it. 
But for right now, I'm like, I think I'm all right, dog. Cause hey, really, I, no rush, bro. Bro, I always had this fucked up hairline since I was born. Like I always had a fucked up hairline. I literally just showed a girl a picture of me when I was a kid, and I had a bad hairline. I always you had, had, a had one. Bad hairline with the braids too. Yeah, when uh when I had braids, I ain't used to get tape ups. I had you know I got a mean ass widow's peak. I used to just have my widow's peak and just had a braids. Let's see, me and you ain't never roast each other, which I'm glad. <laughs> Cause I would have showed got off on that damn hair. <laughs> <laughs> For the people listening, I just showed him one of my ooh, little kid ooh. pictures. I got the big forehead with the damn fucked up hairline. Boy, I told you my hairline been bad, bro. Young Benjamin Button, boy. Bro, my shit been bad, bro. I'm telling hey, you, that's why you I don't know what people shit, saying bro. that. We yeah. see one of them niggas that's insecure and damn. Nah. You know. See, dog. So the thing about insecurities is um, for it to be an insecurity, it has to be something that bothers you. And if somebody picks at your insecurity that you don't know about, that's when it becomes a big insecurity. Me, I don't really have insecurities. Like, everything about myself, I already know. I been knew I had a fucked up hairline since I was a kid. I used to jive on niggas every day, and niggas would be like, well, shut your ass up with that Batman hairline. I used to be like, nigga, that's the only thing you can say well, What every do day. you blame on people being insecure? And um, I say that because I was talking to this girl the other day, and I had asked her because she's looking for you know, a companion, and she said she was telling me all the flaws that she would not go for. So I asked her, I said, well, you know, you have a, you know, a long list. What are some of your flaws? And the stuff that she was listing was a lot of superficial shit that most men would like or some men would like. Like stretch marks. And yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So what do you blame on those insecurities? Um, my honest answer would be a lot of people are are very weak-minded as people. That's where most insecurities come from because, like, <sighs> girls have real weird insecurities. Like, they'll be insecure about their eyebrows, and it's like, bro, we don't give a damn about your eyebrows. Exactly. That's, that's your personal problem, and that's something you should be able to deal with. I've never, I, I've never been insecure in my life, honestly. Like, when I was young, I was small. I didn't want to be small because I played sports. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't an insecurity. It was one of them things where I wanted to be better. And I was like, I'm just not, I'm not gifted <laughs> physique-wise. Right. I just was always a small person. I always was the fat kid. And see, I ain't going to lie. When I was first, second grade, them motherfuckers used to tear my ass up. That's why your job's so good, though. Yeah. And then my mom said, you better start talking back, you know what I'm saying, talk about them. And I've been roasting ever since. I meet people Bro, and I roast them. So that's why, that, that's why you didn't grow up and have those insecurities because the difference between us and women is women don't grow up in environments like that. Like, they grow up being fake nice to each other all the time. We grow up in harsh environments. Like, me and my homeboy Big Keen always talk about, I got a homeboy named, named Cam. I call him Fat Cam. I've yep. been calling him Fat Cam since I know him. We met each other when we was, like, 16. I always called him Fat Cam. You never heard of Fat Sharice or Fat Bertha. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're the Big Bertha. Big Bertha, that's, she, I, I don't think she would like being called Big Bertha. Fat Cam don't give a damn about me calling him Fat Cam. And speaking of, you know how if you, you have your clique of friends and you have, you know, girls y'all hang around, mm -hmm. you'll give them girls nicknames, right? Yeah. I got this one homeboy, every time he got drunk, he started calling them girls their nicknames. He done called girls Moose. He done called girls <laughs> Raccoon. I was like, dog, you got to chill. Hey. Um, when it comes to nicknames, I got horrible nicknames too. I'll be like Mary Bitch, Teacher Bitch. Like, I got horrible nicknames, bro. But speaking to the women and their insecurities, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Back you think that. you could tie that into 
um, the free enterprise and how it's pushed to them as far as what beauty really is? Yeah, um, it, beauty beauty is one of those things that's always subjective. And um, whatever is in style at the moment, for some reason, girls always flock to that and feel like that's how that's how they are supposed to be. Like uh, I can I can take it all the way back, like when Mar- when uh, Marilyn Monroe first came out, the the idea of beauty was tall and skinny, super thin, like no body fat, like 110 pounds. Then here comes this 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 woman by the name of Marilyn Monroe, who was a white woman, but was shaped like a black woman. Mm-hmm. And everybody just fell in love with that. Like, oh, no, nah, beauty beauty actually is a woman with some nice size, a nice natural body. Then, like, in the 90s, in the black community, we had we had Nia Long. You know, we just had we had Janet Jackson. We had all these beautiful women, Lisa Ray, all these beautiful women. And it was like, this is the ideal of beauty. <clears throat> when social media and reality TV start coming along and all these beauty girls. Everything. What? All these girls, all these girls start falling in love with... The ideal of um of um these big fake ass bodies and all this plastic surgery and shit, that's when all these insecurities start coming because everyone feels like they should look like this person that in reality she just looks like a fucking billboard for Dr. Miami. So who was your first celebrity crush growing up? Mm, honestly, uh ever since I was young, I always hated the ideal of of celebrities. Mm-hmm. So I never used to have crush, but my first one I can vividly remember was Christina Milian. Mm. She was yeah. And see, for me, <laughs> my first crush was Gina from Martin. Yeah, light skin, but Gina had big a big booty. ass head, right. bro. And, oh come on, man. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that back in the day when I'm damn in elementary school. Yeah. And I started off quick, man. When I was in the damn the orchestra yeah. playing a cello, man, I used to be filling on all them damn violin and viola playing booties, man. And how old were you then? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. So how <laughs> dog, how old were you the first time you jacked off? Around that same time? Hell no. I had to be like 13, 14. Oh, you I was still, older? Yeah, I still ain't know nothing. You know, I Shit, I stayed, me, my mom, and my brother stayed in the two-bedroom apartment. So I went back jack off with my brother in the room. Yeah. And then, shit, my mama worked all the time, so we had to stay at my grand, uh, my grandmama's house. So I really ain't have any time until, like, you know, I'll spend the night at my aunt's or, you know, some other people's crib when I stayed by myself. And then, shit, watching that HBO and Cinemax shit, that shit kind of got me later on. So I was in middle school, I know. All right, bro. Somehow you got me to my first topic. My first topic, um, you seen Dwayne Wade's son, right? Yeah. Not the one that played ball, the youngest one. I haven't I seen I think him. he's 11 years old. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't follow a lot of stuff like that. All right. Well, um, I'll, show, I'll show you a picture of him. But um, basically he's an 11-year-old, and somehow someone posted a picture of him and they were at like a pride parade. Well, before that, they, he had a video that that went viral. And in the video, he was uh, doing a catwalk. I, don't ask me what fashion oh, show it was. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, that was Dwayne Wade. Son. But see, I seen that in passing. I ain't even paid no attention. Uh huh. And uh, so now, so now, um, this post came out today. 
him at the Pride Parade. Okay. And he's 11 years old. So, basically, I want to know, <clears throat> what what age were you when, like, you started getting into sex? Like, you start thinking about sex. Like, oh, I like that woman. That woman looks good. I have to say kindergarten, bro. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in kindergarten, I remember my kindergarten teacher, Miss Major, she was a big old lady with a big old butt. And I used to damn. <laughs> and I remember because I got a whooping because, like, the first five days of class, I just used to grab her booty. Yeah. And then she finally told on me. And then that's when I found out that shit wasn't cool. But, shit, I knew I liked girls since kindergarten, bro. I mean, I wasn't thinking about sex, but, shit, I was just, I was intrigued and learning, like, what was going on. Because I didn't learn about that shit. So I listened to, like, Wayne lyrics and shit. You know, my daddy, he was in jail, so I ain't, my mom ain't talking to me about none of that shit. So I had to learn, you know, the hard way. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> as far as being 11 years old, I yeah. probably was asking questions, but, you know, I still had to learn on my own. Bruh, so do you think that a kid knows at in kindergarten if he's gay or not? I think so. I think... I think you have somewhat of an attraction to the people around you that's natural and that's genuine mm-hmm. when you're that young. Just like I knew I liked asses. I mean. He knew he liked meat meat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, but it's, it's hard to tell because now all that stuff was, now that stuff is pushed in your face. I didn't know what gay was until I was late middle school, early high school. My right, was actually gay. So, bro, let me tell you about this. This is a study that I read a little while ago. I think it was from Howard University. Don't quote me on that. I think it was from Howard University. I should have saved it when I seen it. But it basically was a study saying that they took surveys of kids uh, under the age of 10. No one was over the age of 10. All under the age of 10. And they found out that like 9% of them classified as being the LGBT community. But the interesting thing I read about when I, when I kept reading, because that was actually the headline of the article, when I kept reading, it said over half of the kids they surveyed don't even know what that is. That's good. I think that's a good thing. So like that story showed me, like, so do kids even really know what being gay is? I don't think that's something that they should have to worry about at that young of an at age. At that young of an age. Yeah. When you're in, when you get to high school and then you can actually start seriously considering whatever you like, then that's when you ask those questions. What's LGBT or you know, is this okay? Yeah. Which, you know, I don't have a problem with anybody, but I would rather my kids not look at that and have to decide off rip before it's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing about this new generation. Everything is pushed in their faces. So much information. It's right there. At, just right. Right at your fingertips. And that's why I feel like when you're raising your children, you have to lay that foundation, you know, because they're going to learn what they learn from everybody else that's around them. Mm-hmm. So you can't blame the outside world if you're not doing your job at home because it's not you wanting your kid to be gay or not, it's them knowing the difference and knowing how to be comfortable with themselves, no matter what they like. Because if you think your son is gay at like 11 or 12, you have to sit them down because in America, 
that shit is frowned upon. I don't care how many fucking rainbow flags you see flying. You know, they're going to have a hard time. So you have to let them know if that's what you want to do, you have to be 100% comfortable with yourself. And you have to know what's coming with it. That's just like being black in America. You have to know what's coming with your, I hate to say decision, but with your decision, your lifestyle is going to be harder for you. So if you're going to pursue this path, if this is what you want to be, then you have to take the good and the bad that comes with it. Is it really a decision, though? Matter of fact, better question. Do you think there there's people that was born gay? I don't think anybody is born gay or straight. See, I think so though, bro. You think people are born gay? I think some people are. I think some people. I think some people are born gay. I think some people, uh, things that happen in their life lean them towards being gay. Okay, so let me ask you this: What determines a person being gay? Is it something chemical? Is it something biological? Because if it's not that, if it's something psychological, then I don't think there's no way. Because if you want to go down that path, then you could say somebody was born a serial killer or somebody was born a rapist. That's something that's psychological yeah, to me. Yeah, I can explain it. Um, so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, we were just talking about ice cream, right? right. And I know this is a, a dumbass example, but we were just talking about ice cream. I'm not too much a fan of ice cream. Like, I mean, it's all right. Like, I, I eat it if it's there, but I'm not just going out like, hey, I really want some ice cream today. Right. But I just told you I love I love hot wings. That's what I love. That's probably how I was born. Fuck no. Yes, bro. I'm telling you, like, so, all right. Because you, you wouldn't know that you love hot wings until the first time you tried hot wings. That's not something I... Yes and no, that because that... So you telling me when real. you were sucking on the baby bottle, you was like, man, shit, boy, I want a hot wing with this bitch. And a bill. And a bill. But uh but nah, like, all right, this is why. A lot of people that that I knew that was obviously gay growing up, I could tell they didn't want to be gay. Like I, I could just tell, bro. Like they 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 knew they were naturally attracted to men or women, but they didn't really want to be like that because it wasn't it wasn't accepted by everyone else and like okay i know one person he still hasn't came out of the closet to this day but i know he's gay right he know he's gay everybody knows he is gay i don't think he wants to be gay i think his family members probably didn't accept it the people he was around didn't accept it if he could go back and pick i'm sure he would have picked to be straight that's why that's what made me start thinking about it growing up because i was like obviously that's just how he was born. Like, so basically what I was saying as far as the chicken wing thing, that was a horrible example. But, <laughs> like, everybody is just born different. I'm not going to say, like, you're born a serial killer, but some people are just born offset. Some people just, you know, it, there's no science behind it. Everybody is just born different. We're all that. different. We're individuals. So how do you explain, like, you remember that video that came out a couple of years ago with the gay, light-skinned dude talking about, he was delivered and when he was at church, you know, I feel like if you're gay, you want to be gay. You just don't want what comes along with it. Correct. Just like I feel like maybe one day I would love to become like an activist, but I feel like niggas don't respect that shit. So I'm at the point where I don't want what comes with it. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, just like you said, you have to be a mentally strong person. 
you know, being gay ain't for the weak. Yeah, doing anything outside the norm, you have to be mentally prepared right. for what comes with it. Right. And see, I'm not the person to judge anybody, but I do believe that being gay is a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I know there are kids that's gay, and some people, as a matter of fact, I've seen a, um, a Facebook post where this girl was saying everybody in my house was straight. Um, I didn't see anything gay. I just knew I liked women. So, well, shit, I think I just argued against my own point. Yeah, kind of. But <laughs> at the same time, you don't know until you try it. I can, you can have this attraction towards the same sex, but then, you know, if you're a nigga and you take that dick in the ass for the first time, you be like, shit, this ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you me personally, I, mean? I don't think you have to go that far to know that. Like, um, oh, man, it, it's crazy. When I was at uh, Georgia Southern when I was in college, actually, a lot of gay niggas. I actually had somebody ask me about that. Ask you if you were gay? Nah, ask me how do I know I'm not gay? Oh, how do you know you're not? Yeah, and he like he, he thought I was going to be super mad about it, but I wasn't really tripping. Right. Like, we was drinking, and he was already talking to me about stupid shit. Like, uh, he was telling me how he doesn't believe in uh, the system we have in our society of going to college and stuff. He doesn't believe we should have to go to college because he told me he wanted to be a therapist and how he wanted to to have his office set up was whatever your drug of choice or your drink of choice, he wanted to have it in that office. He wanted you to be able to do that drug of choice or drink of choice and be able to talk to him freely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but you do know, like, most likely if that person has a drug of choice or a drink of choice, that's probably going to be their problem. He's like, I don't think dr- a drug use is a problem. And I was like, oh, yeah, see, we, we're, we're not even having logical, a logical conversation. Well, and see, but with, to that point, I feel like there are a lot of people like um, Dr. Umar Johnson. Um, he makes a lot of good points, but then once he gets out on that ledge and you disagree with something that he says, a lot of people, they don't, they want to jump ship. You know what I mean? And I'm the type of person, just me growing up in the church, even though I'm not super religious now, I feel like men are just men. I wouldn't judge anybody for everything that they are. Just like, okay, I fuck with you because of your mindset. You know, you're an entrepreneur, and you go get what you want. You know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you say something like, yeah, uh, kill all gay niggas, not saying that you will say some shit like that, yeah. you know, I wouldn't agree with it, but I'm not going to discredit everything you say. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. So basically you wouldn't discredit someone just because of one thing they believe in or a couple things they they believe in because you don't have to agree on all things. Right. Just like what R. Kelly said, he believed he could fly. That was some dope-ass shit. 12 play, that's some dope-ass shit. He liked little girls. I don't agree with it. But the <laughs> nigga still made some fire-ass music. That's how I feel. I was just listening to R. Kelly all day yesterday, too, and I had to have this conversation <laughs> with somebody that heard me listening. And I was like, bro. This man been like younger, younger girls, like, and we all knew. We all knew that. We all knew. I, but I'm one of them type people that that like to separate the artist from the music. Like, it, it, it's some people I actually like because I like them as an artist, and it makes me like their music even more. But there's some people that I just totally dif- disagree with as an artist, and I love their music. I don't have to like R. Kelly as a person. So, how do you feel about Cardi B? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Um, 
Cause that's, that's, I don't, that's I don't, different. I don't like Cardi B as an artist whatsoever. Um, I actually hate her as a role model because <laughs> you, <laughs> you're gonna get some flack over that shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care about shit like that. Um, dog, I don't care what anyone says. If you play basketball, if you do music, it doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's gonna look up to you. You're gonna be a role model if you want to or not. That's why it was so funny watching Charles Barkley go back on him saying he wasn't a role model. It's like, bro. Yo ignorant ass knew damn well that there's kids that look up to you. So with with that being said, imagine you having a child and her role model is Cardi B because it's going to be things that your kids aren't going to be comfortable coming to you with that they're going to get from other places. And it, if you're a little girl that's in elementary school is listening to Cardi B everything uh, every day and a question that she doesn't want to ask you, she gets from Cardi B's music, you know what's, what's going to come from that. Just like I remember growing up, we were talking about sexuality as a kid, I remember growing up listening to nothing but Too Short. <laughs> so you already know what that is. See, I grew, up with, I grew up listening to nothing but Boosie and Webby, you know, yeah. Three Six Mafia, Project Pat. Mm-hmm. So I was always, I wouldn't say a militant mind state, but shit, I was ready to go. You know, something popped off, I was ready to go. Yeah. But, you know, with the Cardi B thing, I think that goes back to me saying if you're raising your kids, and you're laying a foundation to let them know that what they're saying isn't real. You know, what they're doing isn't real. And that foundation lets them know that they can distinguish the two. Mm-hmm. Then it's okay to listen to the music. But as a role model, City Girls, all that Amber Rose bullshit, I hate that shit for women. And I hate that I there's not... I can't really name any positive female artist that's still doing quality music? Uh, her. Her. Well, R&B, I set that aside. Okay, okay, okay. I set R&B that aside, aside because there's motherfuckers that you can walk up and tell they don't listen to any R&B. Uh-huh. I'm talking about unless it's Jacquees or Jacquez or whatever that shit is, which is an R&B. That's just some All right, I got to play bullshit. devil's advocate even though I completely agree with everything you're saying. What what a female would say right now, she would say, same way I was just talking about the too short, they'll say, we grew up listening to music that objectified women. So how how are we here to judge them? But I feel like women, because I don't, I don't think a lot of women, this just may be my train of thought, but I don't think a lot of women grew up listening to the same hip-hop shit that we did, unless they was, you know, ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way, too. But, I just never said that out but loud. Back but back in the day... There was so much quality R&B music that they didn't have to listen to that shit. Think about growing up listening to Drew Hill, Boys to Men, you know, you had Jodeci. All this quality love music uh-huh. that calmed your mind, you know, that had you in a mindset where, you know, you wasn't thinking about anything but love. They don't have that now. Nobody has that now, other than, you know, if you listen to the eclectic stuff, you know, her, uh, Majid Jordan, um, I wouldn't say Bryson Tiller, his shit trash. Uh, Tory Lanez shit trash. I like Tory Lanez. I hate Tory Lanez. Why you don't like Tory Lanez? That's one crying motherfucker, boy. (sighs) I ain't like crying since Brian McKnight, bro. (laughs) For real. He don't don't cry in all his music. A lot of his music, he rapping it. People don't even know that. See, I, I have to take a, a second look at him. But Chris Brown, you know, he makes good good hits. 
but his music isn't no isn't a one R and B to me. Bro, what you think about the City Girls? I ain't gonna lie, boy. That damn twerk video. Uh huh. That shit made me like him a little bit. Uh, dog. I really ain't never pay attention to that music. Like, listen to it. The me other either. the the other day we had a, a cookout over here, mm-hmm. and um, they were playing City Girls. That was my first time really sitting down and listening to the music. Is it good? Fuck no. <laughs> that shit ratchet as hell. The hey, girls gonna say it was good. Hell no, dog. The girls, the type of girls that listen to that type shit, bro. I just be like, dog. Hell no, nah, bro. And it's like I know, I know girls that's you know very respectable and they like shit like that. And I just don't get it, bro. But they see it the same way like us listening to Too Short, like I said. And I'm like, nah, it's just not the same to me. And then on top of that, I always say about the double standard thing is the reason why there there is double standard between men and women is because. Bro, we hold women to a way higher, way higher standard than us. We want women to be better than us. That's what it is. But look at, okay, I'll give you too short. But look at that's just my example. The music that we grew up listening to, and the message that some of those rappers were putting out, and what they're doing now. Like Boosie, he is my favorite rapper of all time. Really? Hell yeah! Just because when I was growing up. That's what I related to. Everything he was saying was shit that was going on around me. Uh-huh. And he was one of those rappers, like, I'll say uh, 50 Cent, that when they rapped, you could believe what they were saying. You believe that they actually went through what they was going through or they would do what they said they would do to you. And the shit that they preach is positivity. You yeah. know what I mean? It just it's, it's meant for a specific audience to better your situation. When I say better your situation, it makes you feel better about whatever you're going through to know that somebody else is going through that. Mm -hmm. But with city girls and shit like that, you know, it's stuff that you don't go through. It's talking about balling niggas, you know, scamming niggas. Yeah. And this bitch done down went to jail for the shit. Yeah. It's like, it's it's stuff that's not going to help anybody. You know, hey. if I listen to Lil Boost and he say, you know, he had to do this, he had to do that. But now you listen to his shit and you say, I had to do that. But now look where I'm at mm-hmm. and what I'm doing for the community. I mean, it shit speaks for itself. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel the same way about music, but other people don't. Like, for me, music has to be relatable. It, it has to be something that stimulates my mind. But for most people, they listen to music. Well, not most. Some people listen to music because they just really want to escape reality and listen to something fun. So that's why they would gravitate towards something like City Girls. I listen to mostly R&B all the time. I'm not going to lie to you. Just like now, if I'm not listening to my R&B playlist, I'm listening to that 3.5 Bootsy or I'm listening to Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. You know, because that's, it's quality music. It's not, it's not the point that it's something that I relate to specifically. It's just, it's quality music. And it's not ignorant. I mean, when I listen to, uh, I don't know, Gunna. <laughs> little Baby. little Baby. Uh, the rest of them little niggas. I can't relate to that shit. Yeah. One, I don't it's know what they're saying. You know, and that's no cap. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. <laughs> but it's just not for me. And I feel like no one should get offended because they don't make music for me. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. Just like, I don't like Travis Scott. 
I don't know if if I'm don't have the ear for music anymore, but everybody I'm talking about from old heads to young people love Travis Scott's music. And I could never just understand what he was saying. I my my ear just doesn't gravitate towards that type of music. Like, um, I get I get his creativity and all. It's just not my type of music. So I'm there with you, dog. It's a lot of people I I don't like that's out right now. And I used to be the guy that listened to everything that came out. Since I started podcasting, I listen to music still. Not like I used to, though, bro. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And as far as music goes, when my favorite artists drop projects, that's when I listen to music. So for the most part, I'm not getting on my phone and going to the clicking the new music tab on, uh, on, on, on Apple and trying to see what just dropped. I'm just, I'm just not with the music right now, dog. These kids nowadays, they just garbage to me. But speaking to uh, when you said separating the artist from the music, uh huh. Um, I know you tired of probably talking about this, but Nipsey Hussle. Honestly, I'm not tired, bro. Okay. Well, one of the big things around Nipsey Hussle's death was a lot of people discrediting people's, I guess, mourning because they weren't fans of Nipsey Hussle. But I feel like him as an artist, him as a person, him as the person in his community that was doing all he was doing, um, kind of solidified his position in the history. Uh-huh. So in that sense, would you want to separate, would you only separate negative uh, things from the artist if they make quality stuff, but if they are a positive role model and, you know, a lot of people aren't fans, but they still are sad because they are gone or, you know, they still support stuff that the artists do, would you want to separate that from the artist or would you want to look at those things separately? Um, Like, when it comes to something, uh, someone like Nipsey Hussle, you, you didn't have to be a fan of that man's music to appreciate who he was as a person and also his, his entrepreneur spirit. Like, it was just all over the place. Like, a lot of people didn't know about Nipsey Hussle until he dropped uh, Crenshaw and was selling them $100 a hundred dollars a album. Yeah. You have to respect that. You have to respect. First off, you have to understand why he did it because most people are like, who the hell charges $100 for an album? They don't understand what he was doing. Once you figure out what he's doing and you see it and you see how successful he was at it, and on top of that, doing all that as an independent artist while trying to uplift people, doing doing interviews, and most people that do interviews, they come to do their interview and they strictly want to talk about their album. They'll let you ask them questions about gossip and stuff like that, but they're strictly there to sell their album. Nipsey Hussle would do interviews and try to uplift people. You can tell he wanted to motivate people like me. Like, every time he spoke, I was right there, like, ears ears locked in, eyes glued to the interview. Like, man, he's, saying, he's putting us on so much game. Like you said for earlier. For free. For free. Like you said earlier about Dr. Uh, Umar. I'm not a Dr. Umar fan whatsoever. A lot of things he talk about I just don't agree with. But it's a lot of people I don't agree with because – a lot of older people, I'm not talking about him no more. A lot of older people like Dick Gregory, like they talk about, you know, they come from that generation where white people were just horrible. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? So right. I understand why they feel that way. Me, I grew up in a different generation. White people still was, you know. <laughs> they bullshit. Yeah, it still, it still was a lot of racist. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it got better in our generation. So that's why we have a, we have a totally different experience than they do. Not saying ours still was was the best. Like ours wasn't the best, but 
Yeah. I think we have the greatest generation. So that, far. That, yeah, right. That's living right now. Mm-hmm. And just like I have a mentor, my actual my director, he always tells me to learn everything you can from everybody that you encounter. Take the quality stuff that you learn from them and throw away the rest. And don't judge them as a whole. Take what you learn from them. That's why Correct. when I listen to um, Dr. Umar, I listen to Brother Polite, I listen to... Um, you listen for the good. I, I, I listen for the good, and I take um, the best that I can from everything, just like LeBron James. He's some bullshit on the basketball court to me. Nah. I would never, I would never be a LeBron James basketball fan. Damn, bro, but, you on the wrong podcast. LeBron but, is the greatest man. basketball player of all times. Of all time. Of all times. Man, what you put in these cigars, man? Bro, but this ain't nothing but 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 Cuban tobacco, uh, tobacco leaf. But <laughs> him as a person, for everything that he does for his people, you know, I'm a huge amazing fan. leader. He, I'm a huge fan. And I would never discredit him for that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But him as a basketball player, you know, I, I will respect his game as being one of the greatest, but I would never root for him. He would never have my respect in that light. I can um I can respect that opinion, bro. Everybody has their opinions. Uh I really respect the fact that you do appreciate him as a leader and as the man that he is. Cause he he does a lot for the community also. Especially we're talking about artists like Nipsey Hustle and stuff. Most of the time LeBron breaks people records. Yeah. Like he plays it before it comes out. Everybody's listening. And they're like, "Oh, what is that?" Then it comes out that Friday, and you never know. Like we don't know statistically how well it does for the artist, but I can only imagine. Like maybe if LeBron didn't do that, they'll sell a hundred thousand copies the first week. But since LeBron did that, they sell one hundred and twenty-five. Even even if it's only twenty-five thousand copies, that's still good. Right. And he did that for them, and right. you know he did it for free. Hey, and back to this Nipsey thing. Yeah. All right. One other thing that I always see, and I know you have, I don't know if you have a huge circle, but I know that you know a lot of people. Uh-huh. And you know a lot of people around Augusta, and I know a lot of people around Augusta. And one thing that I keep seeing circulating is that you have a Nipsey hustle in your city, but you're not even supporting them. I haven't seen that, but that's interesting. Yeah. I wanted to know how you felt about that because, you know, besides the rappers that I know in Augusta, and I do know, you know, a lot of rappers in Augusta or is from Augusta that put a lot of people on, but they're not on that entrepreneur, um, you know, giving people jobs, giving felons jobs, you know, giving back to the community as far as as big as Nipsey was doing. And it doesn't even have to be as big as that, but, you know, just doing something for the kids. Uh, uh, yeah, there's only one Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey Hustle helped a lot of people. He created jobs for people, like you just said. Um, as far as the city that we live in of Augusta, Georgia, as far as artists go, I haven't seen one artist that gives back like that. I know some people that, that have a team, and they do put their team on, you know, and I respect it a lot, but they're not at the level that Nipsey's on. But uh, it's something interesting that – uh, Maine from More Than a Master, shout out him. I was on his podcast today. Go check that out. And um, he he spoke on it. Like he said, he created his, his uh, platform as far as podcasting because he wanted to give local artists a platform to showcase their music. And I was like, oh, I respect that a lot. Me personally, I don't want to do that. But I respect him doing that. And honestly, artists don't respect his platform. Mm-hmm. I, Why do you think that is? 
I don't mean they don't respect his platform. I just mean they don't understand like that. That's what he's doing it for. Because basically, uh, like he said on the podcast we did last night, Augusta, Georgia doesn't have a breakfast club. Hell no. They really have nowhere to go to do media. And it's people like him. It's people like me. Because I, I also do interviews on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's people like me. I will give an artist a platform and be like, hey, man, you know, my following on, on average, I got like I got like 90 to, to 100, uh, 100 uh, viewers a week. You know, it's not Breakfast Club. It's not a million. But, but you it's know, reaching somebody. Yeah, it's reaching somebody. And, you know, if you're dropping a project, you can get on there. Uh, you can get on my platform, you know, showcase your project, promote it. Most artists don't even really respect that. They're just like, uh, well, you ain't the Breakfast Club. Do you it's think like, bro, you're not Nipsey. <laughs> right. And see, a lot of people who, because I talk to a lot of people about different things that they want to do. And one thing that I've learned talking to a lot of people with a different ideas is a lot of people don't respect the, the grind. They don't respect the journey. You know, right. they just look directly at the journey, but they don't appreciate the steps and the journey that it takes to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot, but I could never go anywhere, you know, just only looking at the end game. I always look at, okay, this is my next step. This is what I need to do. I need to focus on this. And then I can plan for the future, but I can't try to work on this while I'm working on what I got going on now. And I feel like a lot of artists, you know, they see all these people blowing up off Instagram or Twitter or you know, they have this one dumbass dance song or, you know, a hit that's catchy. And they want that. But they don't know what those guys were doing years before to get to that level. They don't respect the process. And you have to do that. I'm Like, with your podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when y'all didn't even have legit mics. And you had to damn put your shit in the headphone, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're taking the steps and... You see the end game, but you're focusing on what's going on right now and perfecting that for the next stage. So you're ready for that. But a lot of people don't respect that. They feel like, okay, I'm better than a lot of these niggas. I can guarantee you it's a million bitches out there better than Cardi B, but they're not going to get that chance. She just looked up, like you said. Yeah, people don't. People don't respect the process, dog. I talk about that all the time because um, it's uh, I'm gonna say something you're gonna completely disagree with, bro, and you're probably gonna be shocked I'm saying this, but I would never, in a million years, want to hit the lottery. Why not? Um, I mean, I don't. I, I wouldn't disagree because I know a lot of people like that. Well, I don't know a lot of people like that, but yeah. Um, know. me just coming up on a big lump sum of money would change my life and it would change my life for the worse. Like all the problems that I have in my life financial wise, of course it would it would correct all those. But as far as who I am, like I perform way better under pressure. Like this is when I really figure out who I am as a person. Like being down on my luck or, you know, being being hungry and trying to strive, that's when I figure out who I really am. And me just coming up on a billion dollars, I would lose everything I got going on because Honestly, I'm just I'm just being blatantly honest. If I came up on a billion dollars off a of lottery right now, you would never hear a podcast from me ever again. What yeah, the hell am I? What were, the hell am right. I podcasting for? Right. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. 
I used to daydream a lot about hitting the lottery. Yeah. But now, after Nipsey died, that whole fantasy changed for me because I feel like I had to actually like sit and think about the people that I know in Augusta and the places that I hang out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would ever be comfortable in Augusta because of the people I Nipsey know. Nipsey passed and did the same thing to me. Right. And see, my whole plans were, you know, building a black Wall Street, basically. Uh-huh. You know, building a black paradise where it's our money, we self-sustainable, sustainable, and we have something to call our own. And all I'm doing is giving niggas money and letting them build because I feel like everybody has a dream, but a lot of people don't have the resources to even create their own opportunity. You know, right. you can grind, you shit, you can work nine to five, but that money is slow. So by the time you get the money, the actual capital to start on your dream, you know, how far has that passion dwindled? So my whole thing is if I was to hit the lottery, I'm providing the capital for your dreams. If you always wanted to do something big, but you never had that opportunity, I've wanted to provide that opportunity for people. Yeah. But now, you know, that Nipsey death, it kind of puts you in the perspective that. How much do people really care about you? It's not that. I feel like people can especially, care about you and where still from, kill though. you. Yeah. Right. I feel like, hell, somebody can be hating on you because they seeing you doing your podcast and they see you out somewhere smoking a cigar and you might say the wrong thing to him on the wrong day and shit. It could be some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they won't see everything that you did to people. They won't see the voice that you gave the people, the platform that you gave the people. Until and how it's you too help. late. And then they celebrate you. People won't celebrate you while you're here, but I mean, I, that's just the way it is. And that's why we got to salute our kings while they still here. But how do you do that? Because I feel like, you know, there's not, I'm going to sound bad, but for the sake of public image and how people think of you, I don't care how strong minded you are, that shit is in the back of your head. So where is the line drawn between supporting somebody and dick riding? Mm. Because I can goddamn, I can retweet and damn share your podcast a million times and then somebody be like, damn, bro, why you dick riding this nigga? Where I could just be wanting you to succeed. And then that would discourage me from even supporting people. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, I'm not the only one who thinks like that. I agree, I agree. And, um, bruh, sometimes you just got to say fuck what people think. Me personally, I've always been a rebellious type person. I never really gave a fuck what people thought about me. But you're right. Like, generally speaking, most people do care about that. They do want to be accepted by others. But, man, we just got to support people, bro. Support goes a long way. I'll never say someone's a dick rider because they keep sharing someone's stuff. I'll be like, oh, this person likes this. They're interested in it. And me personally, like, I'd rather you be a, a weekly listener of my podcast and share my stuff than you not listen to my stuff and just share it just off the strength of me. 
Like, I want to know truthfully if someone if someone likes it or not, even though I know things aren't for everybody. So, like, if you tell me you don't like it, I respect your opinion. It's, it's not for you. Because I already know what I do here, it's not for everybody. Just like I say all the time, like, I'm pretty sure most of my friends don't listen to my podcast. And I'm fine with that because it's not for them. It's, 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 it's not what they're interested but in. But it's for somebody. Yeah, but it's for somebody out there. And I like I, I I like to hear you talk because me and you we always have good conversations. Yeah. You know some of your your guests. You know I understand that that particular podcast isn't for me. Uh huh. But you know it's still bad the fact that your own people won't support you until it's too late. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's Nipsey Hussle, that's Tupac, that's Biggie. That's all the people that people revere is great. But then in that same sense, if some of these other rappers die tomorrow, how do you think their deaths will be, re- be received? I'll give you an example. Uh, Travis Scott, he's probably one of the biggest, you know, commercial artists out right now. How do you think his death would be, you know, taken? We, uh, we would have to look back and see what he's – what what he's done for his community and what he's done for people and and once you look at that you'll be like was it enough but since you're asking me the question I'll answer it no I don't think it's enough because like some something like the yeah. Super Bowl a lot of people said no to the Super Bowl and then you went to the Super Bowl honestly I didn't I didn't watch the halftime show I thought he was a duck for that shit honestly yeah see a lot of people feel that way me I say just take the money if that's what you want to do because I don't think I don't think it's everybody's goal to be this to be this active activist in in the community, and that's fine with me. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but how will he be remembered? He would just be remembered for his music, and that's it. And some people, that's all they care about. I'll say that about Lil Wayne. Yeah, Lil Wayne, uh, Drake. Also, you've never heard Drake speak on any issues involving black people, but he's a rapper. That nigga Canadian though, he don't count. Yeah, that's what I said too, <laughs> and that's why I said. Uh, Trish, uh, Tristan Thompson, he, um, the goat, yeah, uh, Tristan the goat Thompson. <laughs> uh, you know, black men don't cheat, but Canadians they'll cheat on your ass. Yeah, you hear yeah. me? Them black Canadians, something different, boy. What they not us black men, us black men don't cheat. And then Drake only half black, so yeah, that was the white side. You can't, you can't expect much from, from uh, people like Drake. I mean, but why not though? Do you feel like, let's say, it's just not for everybody, bro. Okay, okay, but this is just a general question. And I'm going to say this to you. Let's say a year from now you have one of the biggest podcasts and you go on tours and you get this platform or your voice is so big to the point where there are millions of people listening and living by what you say. Uh huh. Shouldn't there be a sense of... Responsibility. Responsibility to want better for people that otherwise wouldn't do it for themselves. Yeah, but it's all about who you are as a person. Like, most people just suck as people, period. Like, that's just what it is. They just they just suck at people. They just suck as people. Uh, they have no idea what they want to do in this life. They don't even understand the facts of, like, hey, uh, you only live one life and you should want to leave something on this earth when you when you do leave. They don't get that. So... You're asking me, me personally, yes, I feel like I do have a responsibility out here to make this world a better place before I go, and I'm going to do my best to 
to do that. Someone like Drake, we were just using him as an example. He might not care about that. I mm-hmm. do though. I, uh, or he might think what he's doing now is enough. Even though I disagree with that, as long as he's happy with it, that's fine also. But do you think that as, because I feel like we can only speak for the black community, but for the black community, should that weight be put specifically on our artists and our creators? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Our podcast, our, our, um, you know, our Charlemagne's, you know, our Floyd Mayweather's and people like that, should that responsibility be put on what they do? Um, personally, I think yes. Uh, generally speaking, no. Because it's not for everyone, like I said. And if it's not for you, that's fine. Just w- whatever you think is enough, just do that part and we're fine with it. But like you, uh, like I said earlier, for me, I want to make the world a better place. So every chance I get, I'm going to try to uplift someone. Okay. I wish I wish most people thought like me, but that's not realistic. Most people aren't going to think like that. So if they don't think like that and they are great, should that take away from how people perceive them? No. Um, I think everyone everyone is going to have their opinion. You. You can judge however you want. People that say they don't judge, they're lying. Everyone judges. Um, but as far as their artistry goes, like I said earlier, you can separate the two. Like, you can easily make an opinion and be like, hey, you know, I think Travis Scott was, you know, somebody very innovative as an artist, and just not think about him, you know, what he did in the community. What about Floyd Mayweather? That's uh, one example I love to use because he's Floyd a Mayweather is a, Yeah, he's a coon. He's a coon. I didn't. I've, I've never expected more from him, and that's what it is, bro. We expect way too much out of celebrities. That's why I told you I hate the fact of of, of us respecting celebrities and put them on this high pedestal. I don't expect nothing smart to come out of Floyd's mouth. But I feel like there should be some type of responsibility, bro. You're <laughs> you're a gladiator. At the end of the day, you go into the ring and you put on a performance for us. We either give you a thumbs up or we give you a thumbs down. I just, well, I mean, everybody's their own person. So, you know, I will not judge people. I know you just said that everybody judges, but, you know, I try not to, you know, kill or slander anybody because Mm -hmm. of any decisions that they make, whether it's good or bad. Just like the nigga that went in there and shot all them people at, at church. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna hear me say one bad thing about him, because I don't know what the fuck he got going on. I can say he a piece of shit, but I'm not gonna speak to his character. I'm not gonna go on Facebook and just drag him. Yeah. You know, I'll say that to you, but just like R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, anybody who's perceived in social media era as the fucking scapegoat to some to a bigger problem, you won't hear me talk about them like that it depends who it is and what it is like like i said earlier everyone judges and for me if you go into a church and you kill a whole bunch of innocent people i think you're a dickhead but that's the classic good versus evil i love the 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 good versus evil conversation because like you know i would sit here and I, i i have a lot of negative things to say about that guy what's his name dylan 
Dylan Roof. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of negative things to say about him, but there's also people that's KKK members out there that probably view they him as a hero. They out here chilling. They out here chilling, hero, bro. Do you do you follow Daylight, the uh, battle rapper? I don't. He had a video after uh, Nipsey died, and I thought he said something really, you know, profound. He was talking about people like Jay Prince, who, you know, when that kid got his chain snatched. Jay who, Prince when he got the chain back? Yeah. How he went and got the chain back, but people like that who's revered as, I guess, leaders in the hood, you know, they never speak up when there's police shootings or there's KKK rallies or anything like that. It's like you always are, you know, the spokesperson for some hood shit, for some ignorant shit, but you never speak up for the wellness of black people. Yeah, uh, that's true, bro. I'll, I'll give it to Daylight. Daylight is always hit or miss. Either he going to talk about some bullshit or he going <laughs> to talk about some real shit. shit yeah. yeah, but um, that's real, bro. But like I said, most people, that's just not their, that's not their objective. And, um... Most people are just selfish as people, bro. And it's like, if it's not, if the shit is not on your front porch, you don't give a fuck. But I think we could strive in a community where everybody is selfish if they were doing their part. Uh-huh. But a lot of people don't do their part. They're not realistic. I mean, uh, excuse me. That's not realistic, though, bro. Everybody's not the same. Everybody doesn't think the same. And right. that's what separates you from other people, which is going to get me to my next topic that I really want to talk about because whenever I start talking about being separate from people, it makes me think about capitalism versus socialism and stuff like that because <laughs> there's no way in hell socialism could work because we all aren't the same. I mean, explain that because I don't feel like you have to be the same for a socialistic uh, environment. All right, before we get into the socialism uh, topic... What do you identify as far as your political views? I really don't like, I hate to be the head ass to say it, but I don't classify myself as Democrat or Republican, but I would have to say based on my voting patterns and my ideals, I would have to say I lean more towards the liberal side. Liberal. And what made you come to that side? I feel like it's more... It makes more sense for the betterment of people. I feel like it looks out more for my social, my socioeconomic class than the Republican view. I feel like, you know, just how Trump is helping all the rich motherfuckers. I feel like Democrats they they tend to cater more to poorer people. So, um. Um. Now let's get on this uh socialism conversation. I beef hard with socialism. I, I'll even go as far as to admitting that I think socialism is evil. Why evil? Because historically, socialism has killed a lot of people. So as uh, capitalism. If, but if we compare the two, um. A lot of a lot of horrible things has has happened because of socialism. Like, you think of someone like Castro, how communism basically is an ideal of socialism. Basically, that's what communism is. And at the end of the day, there's going to be a leader, and that leader, it, 
you're basically putting all your eggs in his basket. Okay, well, look at it from the standpoint of being a black man in America uh-huh. in a capitalist nation. Um, what good has capitalism done for the situation that the majority of black people find themselves in? Um, Do you feel like our situations where we tend to be in more concentrated black areas where there's less resources and we're the consumers, but we don't have much product in our own communities. You don't feel like that's a direct correlation from capitalism? Um, I feel like us as black people, we started off on the wrong foot, of course. Well, not wrong foot. We was forced. Slavery. Yeah, we was forced <laughs> on the wrong foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were forced on the wrong foot. And um, yes, we're, we're behind because of history. But the thing that capitalism does do for us now is it gives us a choice. And in ideals like socialism, it doesn't give you a choice. And the reason why I said it was evil is because the process. Like someone would have to walk me through the process and explain to me how how we would convert from capitalism to socialism without violence happening. And even if violence is inevitable, how do you try to try to reduce the violence? Before we get to that, do you think black people come over here as slaves in the socialism uh based country? From um, what America was started because I feel like capitalism was the direct reason for wanting free labor and cheap labor for wanting you know you know big profits yeah from those I thought about limitations. that today because um I, I was thinking about laying under free for some reason because I passed another confederate flag like I do most of the time and I just was thinking about you know <laughs> Dixie flags yeah the non-racist would call them yeah confederate flags but uh I was thinking about how America was supposed to be land of the free and, and, and how it was founded, basically. And I was like, whoa, free was a term used very loosely. Cause there was nothing free about America besides the fact that white, the white people that came over here from Europe was free from them. But that's a direct, that was, that was directly pitted towards r- religious beliefs. The only th- reason that they felt like they were free is because they had the freedom to worship whatever they wanted to worship freely uh-huh. so that had nothing to do with money nothing to do with how you live it was strictly religion all right so break down the socialism to me break down the process of how of how we convert over to this and now nah, matter of fact before you answer that question wait my wait, bad. wait 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 because you're asking me to convert to socialism like i think that that would be a better solution oh i thought i thought that's what you i believe. have socialistic views okay I do, okay okay but i don't think that that transition, I feel like I can tell you how to break it down, but that transition, I don't know if that would help. I don't feel like one form of government would be Better than one another. size fits all. Right. Yeah, okay. And I feel like that's the reason. That we are on the same page on. Right. Because I'm not going to sit here and say capitalism is just the best thing in the world. That shit the worst thing in the world. I disagree. It shows. The- Why are we in trillions of dollar debt and we're supposed to be the richest country in the world uh so okay the thing about capitalism is it it gives you that choice you can be that bum under the bridge or you can be bill gates 
it gives you that choice. If you don't want to do shit, you don't have to do shit in this in this society. When you start talking about communism and, and, and socialism, everybody is supposed to uh, play their part. Then who's in control of you not wanting to play your part? What if you don't want to farm today? Well, what do, what do you say about those countries that everybody... Off of, off, off of socialism? No, I wouldn't say that, but when everybody has little, but they're happy. Mm, that word happiness, I fucking hate that word. That's what I would say. Okay, well, they're content. There you go. They're content with what they have because everything is self-sustainable. They don't want for anything. Everybody is, I wouldn't say everybody is healthy, but they have good health. They have good family. They have good values. You can't say that they're in worse shape than us because they don't want for anything. But I feel like in a, capitalist, in a capitalistic state that we are in, that drives the want for more, the want for greed, the want to the point where all our wars have been waged. You know, the reason so that... I would say, why should I have to strip away my individuality because everybody else wants to be the same? I wouldn't say you have to do that, though. I feel like it's just the want for more. I feel like that if everybody had an even playing field, because socialism still wouldn't provide that even playing field. It would be more even than capitalism, just for the simple fact that even with uh, capitalism, hit that. Go ahead. Um, we always have a leg down. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. As black people, we, we will always have a leg down in capitalism. But I feel like socialism, where, you know, free health care, free education, it would help more people than it would hurt. Just like all those uh, white mothers that's in the news right now for uh, paying to get their kids in the college that they weren't supposed to be in. You know, there's so many caveats where I don't, I feel like, this is not a conversation for us because black people, we're going to be on the lower end in America regardless. Correct, so correct, correct. But he, uh, one I, thing I, you said that I thought was interesting was earlier you said something about about our country's debt and you just said free, free health care. And it's like, where do you think the money's going to come from for this free health care? Listen, I work for the tax assessor's office. Mm-hmm. So I understand taxes and exemptions and things like that. So the, the government has to run off of something. But the fact that, just think about it like this, the fact that you can read anywhere about our um, debt as a country, but a lot of people don't know where all of our federal and state tax dollars are going, I mean, then what do you have to complain about? That's true. I said that on my last podcast. I mean, that's why I feel like it's not a fight for us. It's a fight of the system that we're in, and it doesn't work. It clearly doesn't work. And But what's the alternative? I always ask the alternative. What's the alternative? Yeah. <sighs> um, honestly, I sometimes when it comes to topics like this, my mind goes into like a sadistic state where, you know, I don't want to sound like the crazy conspiracy theorist, but... Uh-oh, the government, I, <laughs> it's all their fault. Hey, eliminate the government. <laughs> hey, I mean... So so you want to be self-governed or you want 
Self-governed. The state to govern. Self-governed. I feel like if everybody just had their... I mean, because what is the purpose of the government? What service does the government provide to the people? Who do you trust, though? Who do you trust with that? You're saying us as a whole should come together and we should all just govern ourselves? Somebody has to lead. Somebody has to follow. Somebody do have, does have to lead. But, I mean, look at the leaders. How? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Instead of, let's say we could make capitalism work, but insert some socialism into it where it's less about the dollar and more about... Give me an example. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Healthcare. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, she, she turned 26 last year, and she got knocked off her parents' uh, insurance. So in, in order for her to provide insurance for herself, she had to find some insurance that had a stupid-ass, de- uh, what's the word? Um, deductible. Deductible. And, I mean, and now they're saying that some of the stuff that she needs for her health care, her insurance doesn't cover. And then just like there's stories out here about people dying because they can't afford certain medicines and certain health care. My whole thing is there should, human life should, should matter more than money. Should matter more than money. Correct. So education, I won't get into that because... All that shit's a scam to me. But, you know, I feel like... Coming from a college graduate. I'm just saying, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't go to that shit. Because I feel like that shit's a scam. $60,000 in debt for, you know, it doesn't... You double me. Shit, man, I was in there longer. (laughs) (laughs) But but I I ain't trying to brag, but I only went to college for three years. Well, yeah, nigga, you bragging. I probably went in there double your (laughs) shit, nigga. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, man, you just have to, you have to look at people than more than just products. Just like all those conspiracy theories about America is selling your social security numbers to fucking China, and you're just a number to the people who's actually making the decisions. There should be no reason, and this is my socialism, you know, going through, there should be no reason why you have a handful of people with billions and trillions of dollars and you have people homeless. That, that shit right there doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if I ever came into a large lump sum of money, the first thing I would do, even though, you know, I'm not, a, not big on the country that I live in, I would help homeless vets. Because just that concept of Somebody who served such a great country, a, a great capitalistic country, have homeless people that serve. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. A lot of stuff where you throw your people away for the sake of a dollar, that's capitalism to me. I, um, <clears throat> before I say this, I agree with what you say because earlier er, – uh, uh, Earlier we were talking about the lottery, and I was telling you how I would never want to hit the lottery. But if I did hit the lottery, half of the money I would give it away, but I wouldn't like give it away on some Richie Rich shit, like just throw money out of a car. <coughs> That's Excuse some coon me. shit. That's some Floyd Mayweather shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, but what I would do, how I would give it away, is the first place I would go. Um, I'll go to Flint first. That'll be my first stop. 
because not having water, that shit doesn't make sense. Uh, then I would go to Chicago, and I basically would build, build, help build the city up more so I could kind of give kids somewhere to go so they're not just running around killing each other. But even even all that to the side, that's just my personal beliefs. On the other hand, I also believe that you shouldn't tell someone what they have to do with their money. Like, if that's not what you want to do with your money, I shouldn't I shouldn't have any control or say so in in that. But that's where taxes work perfect, though. All right. So to that point where you shouldn't tell people what to do with their money, I wouldn't go to Flint and I wouldn't go to Chicago. I would keep my money here in Augusta just for the simple fact that there are people who live in those communities that are just think of all the famous, notable, rich people that are from Chicago and how bad it still is. I feel like that since Augusta is my home, what I know, what yeah. I love, yeah, yeah. and I know the infrastructure, I can touch the people, I know everybody, I would want to build up where I'm from. And then if there's people from Chicago or Flint that sees what I'm doing and they want to mimic that, I feel like I wouldn't want to go and create a better situation for somebody and then my, my hometown is still suffering. I would want to lay the blueprint, just kind of how Nipsey did. Uh huh. And all right, I'm showing y'all the way. Just like uh, Elon Musk when he did all his Tesla shit. Look, this shit can save the planet. All y'all got to do is go electric. He put all his shit out in the airwaves where you can go look at how it's done and you can do it for yourself. That's what I would do. I would lay the blueprint. So, but see, that's what makes us all different. Also, because you're from Augusta, right? Right. I'm not from Augusta, so yeah, I'm not from nowhere. So that's why I would try to like, I'll be on my Karl Marx shit and try to look at the greater good. Marxism. Like, yeah, Marxism. <laughs> I kind of fuck with Marxism, even though it's a knockoff from socialism. Yeah, I kind of fuck with a lot of the ideals of it. But um, can't have it both ways, though. I mean, so that's why earlier when I asked you what your political views was, me personally, I feel like us as black people, like it's kind of hard for us to be either side. Right, because it's not for us. Yeah. I feel like us voting, I know a lot of people put, you know, a lot of effort into getting black people to vote, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you should vote just because, you know, this is what you're living in. You should be a part of your community. But the government, everything about America was not for us. Yeah. Religion. That shit was not for us. Coming, I'm talking about as Americans. I can't speak on anything from Africa because I don't know any African history. And I'm, I feel ignorant for that, but, you know, I can learn more. But as far as being a black American, none of this was built for me. That's why I have a hard time conforming to, you know, or saying that capitalism is king because that's all I know. And I've seen the inner workings of what capitalism brings. And I feel like everything that goes on within our black community, whether it be cops killing us, mass poverty, they feeding us bullshit, I feel like that's a direct result of capitalism. That's why I'd rather uh, disagree with capitalism and try to lean towards, you know, an alternative like socialism rather than, you know, fight for capitalism. But it's... um it's also one of them things where it may look good on paper, and I'm I'm, I'm talking about socialism. Mm-hmm. It may look good on paper, but the issues that it would bring would be something that no one can foresee. Well, just like just like 
um, when 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 the people decided to go uh, with communism, they did not foresee Castro whatsoever. But what happened? Many of people died that shouldn't have died. You you just on paper it looks good. When you get to the execution, a problem comes that you never thought of. Like I tell people all the time, whenever I get into the socialism debate, um, it, it's a book. It's called Animal Farm. Everyone that believes in socialism I'm needs to Animal read Farm. that book. You've read it before, mm-hmm. okay? So you know that book is basically based off socialism. All right, but to counter that point, earlier we were talking about how how we're the greatest generation. Uh huh. To the point where. Capitalism may have been great back then. Socialism may have done what it's done. So has any other form of government. I feel like our generation has the keys or the knowledge. To or come the, up with something better. We don't have to do shit. That's, that's why America is fucked up now. Because everybody talk about the Constitution that was written over 300 years ago. I said that before. Also. You know what I mean? So why are we still trying to regulate ourselves based on shit that these motherfuckers had muskets, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, I, they, don't, they didn't have semi-automatic shit. And we're still trying to go on morals and values that... Modern warfare and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. These niggas ain't have PlayStations. <laughs> I mean, we could do so much better than what we are now. But we have all this old-ass, white-ass bullshit that's you know, deeply rooted because of their their uh, their lineage. Uh-huh. And that's what they want to preserve because it always worked for them. But us as black people, we never had anything of our own in America. That's why I feel like what Nipsey was talking, you know, owning all your own shit, having money in your community and giving back, we can make our own shit. We have the infrastructure. We, we can make our own military. Long live Nip. Long live Nipsey, man. But we can we have the infrastructure and the the I feel like we have the power to make our own place in America. We can do that shit. We do, and I agree with I agree with uh most of the things you said, but I just don't think socialism is the answer. The idea that you that you did put out there was that yes, we probably could come up with something better than capitalism, but for the time being I don't think we have anything better yet. I think capitalism. So do you wholeheartedly agree with everything about socialism? Uh, capitalism? Socialism. Oh, do I? Do I? Do you disagree with everything that socialism entails? Nah. Right. I don't wholeheartedly disagree with everything. I, I do disagree with the process. Like I said, like I said earlier, I just think the process is evil and I don't foresee nothing positive coming from the process. Well, you can't force anybody to today to do anything. Yeah, because but pay taxes. In my head, this is how I see it. I see it like you said something about uh, there's there's billionaires, but there's also people people sleeping. So, in my little simple brain, I see I see a situation where people are knocking on doors and saying like, "Hey, bro, you got to get that money back. We ain't fucking with money no more. We're going to this type world." And do you think these people's gonna be like, "Oh hell no, nah. I'm not"? Excuse me. Do you think they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, for sure"? I'm just gonna hand you over my money. Same way with guns. Like anybody just gonna that's hand you their guns. To, that's what I was about to bring up. Um, 
the guns discussion, I'm either or. You know, if they try to take all the guns away, I would be for it. If they wanted to regulate it more, I would be for it. You know, but as far as just having a bunch of motherfuckers with semi-autos, just like there's a Augusta Today page on Facebook, and they was talking you about- You added me to that. Yeah, they they was talking about the shootout in Harrisburg the other day. Mm-hmm. And all them motherfuckers are some racist pieces of shit to me. That's just my opinion. But What happened? Give a little background about it. Well, apparently, well, the way, I don't know, I'm not knowledgeable on what happened, but the way it was phrased on in the Augusta Chronicle was two rival drug dealers had a shootout in Harrisburg. And I think one person got shot. And uh, the narrative of all the people commenting was they were scared for their lives and that they hope that the government in Augusta comes in and shut that shit down. And so my comment was, well, damn, all y'all motherfuckers are right-wing motherfuckers. Why didn't y'all um, exercise your Second Amendment right and go out there and start shooting fuck back? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I said something like, I'm glad all y'all had y'all guns so everybody could be in the street, be in the street shooting each other. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because that's 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 the the world that they want. They don't realize that they want it, but it could it's chaos if everybody just had a gun. It it I don't I feel like it doesn't help. All right, so this is how I feel on guns. I'm definitely pro guns. I got a gun on me now. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm definitely pro gun. I've always I've always had a gun since I was young. I think I got my first gun, I might have been like 13 or 14. Um, I probably shouldn't say statements like that. But <laughs> <laughs> coming for you. Yeah. But I'm capitalist. Bro, the reason why I'm um definitely pro-gun is because so let's say we did take guns away and no one had no one had guns legally. First off, like I said before, the process would be very, very hard to do. It would be very, it would be a lot of violence. All right. So after you get past that part, it's like it's kind of like prohibition in the prohibition 19th, was fucked in up. 1910s. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like so now imagine prohibition, but with guns. So it's like okay, no one has a gun legally. So therefore, I'm not gonna ask you this question, but I'm asking the people listening: If no one had guns legally, would you have a gun? Some of y'all will say, "Well, I'm gonna abide by all laws." And uh, I would not have a gun because it'll be illegal. Understood. The other half of you are thinking, uh, I'm Fuck keeping mine no. on me. Yeah, it got me all the way fucked up. So think about that. Me going by the law, I don't have a gun, but regular Joe Schmo is walking around with his at all times, and I have no way of defending myself. Even more than that, the government is going to definitely keep their guns. And see, the thing is, I say I'm not against it, but I don't think that would be – the best option. I feel like it's be it'll be way easier to rebuild the system and try to fix it rather than because I just filled out for my um concealed carry permit. Uh-huh. And they had one question on there about mental health. And I was like, oh shit, that was easy. That's just like if you go on a porno site and it says, nigga, are you eighteen? Hell yeah, I'm eighteen, but I was fourteen years old clicking yes. You know, it's 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 not. How was your mental health? Uh, good. <laughs> what the fuck good. You, <laughs> you know, and I got a little arm. 
But uh <laughs> that was fucked up, my bad. No, but, that uh, shit was funny. <laughs> but it's it's so easy to get a gun. It is. And now they're talking about um the guy who killed Nipsey or allegedly killed Nipsey had mental health issues and the guy that's uh defending him is OJ Simpson's uh lawyer. The one that got him off that shit. Uh actually yeah, 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 yeah. Am I right on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So I mean, it's just it's it's a tough. It's 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 just tough. It's going to be hard to regulate that. Do I think people should have, you know, semi-automatic rifles, AR-15s and AKs and SKs? Hell no. I mean, you can say what you want. I'd be okay if everybody had a pistol. I mean, I feel like the the ground, the, uh, the the playing ground is even. But you know, a lot of people don't understand what the gun laws is for. The you know, in, in the Constitution, I know we just say the Constitution probably needs to be revised, but it's to protect us against government. The, the government aren't just about to walk around here with pistols. But it's not. What does the to you, I want to. I want to know your opinion. Okay. What purpose does the government serve? Um, for its people. Yeah, I know. I know you're real strong on saying we just need to go ahead and eliminate the government. But in, until we find a way for that to happen, that's not going to happen. So I. So I'd rather talk about things that's in place right now. I'm saying no. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not talking about fixing it. I'm not talking about doing anything different. I'm talking just, about just our regulation. Right now. Just regulation. That's, That's it. all it is. So, and you know, I'm a rebellious person, so you know how I feel about that. So, if you have your Republicans who you know are for free enterprise and are against government regulations, and the rich help the rich, that doesn't that that helps capitalism, right? Uh huh. That's what it's it's fueled on. Richer get rich, the rich get richer, and the poor get poor. So, I'm trying to figure out other than taxation. Uh, I, what else I would can, rather describe it as as creating the opportunity, or providing the opportunity. I I just don't understand. I understand we we're talking about socialism versus capitalism. Uh huh. But if the government is in place and all it's doing is regulating and taxing, then what could we possibly change? So even if we try to convert to socialism, it wouldn't be much for us to change with the government if that's all they're doing. Whenever I think about government, I I think of more than just, you know, taxations and, you know, stuff like that. I think of, you know, the police and things like that. I don't think we need to live in a society with no police officers. Like, of course, I'm just like you. I sit, I look at the news, I see police killings, and um, I'll go ahead and put myself out there to be, uh, you know, I'll just be 100% vulnerable right here. I've cried before watching watching police killings. Like, I broke down in tears, like, damn. And on top of that, mainly because I've been in situations like that with police before. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Uh, growing up, I was real ignorant because of it. So, you know, you you had these bad encounters with the police sometimes, and you know, you'd be right there with NWA, like nigga, fuck the police, we don't need them, and woo woo they just beat my ass for no reason, and blah blah. But then I start growing up, and I start thinking, and it makes me rethink those situations. Like, okay, 
half the time I wasn't doing shit. The other half I was doing some shit. So and it could have got bad. Yeah. So now I'm to the point now where I'm like, yeah, just like most things, just like most groups and groups of people, there's there's some good people and there's some bad people. All police officers aren't bad. I always think of the alternative. The alternative to eliminating the police force would be us running around here talking about we're going to regulate ourselves. And in ancient times, it, any book that you can think of, <laughs> you see how that ended. Witch hunts. <laughs> right. So I think there's a place for government. Yes. I feel like uh, just going to your point, I'm, I'm going to get back to the topic, but yeah. going to your point how you said you were, um, you didn't like, or you was telling me your personal feelings about you watch the police shootings. Was the only emotion was sadness? Because, like I said, I I grew up listening to some crazy shit. It was sadness. It was hatred. It was so many. It was so many emotions going through me. That's honestly that's one of the things that really breaks me down. Like it's not many things that breaks me down. That's one of them though. And I'm not one of them people that just sit around and like, hey, the police is killing us and woody woody because. Of course, it's a it's a it's a it's a fact. Um, a I think we should statistic. start shooting them motherfuckers back. Personally, see, I I ain't gonna get that far. But what I was gonna say is, we're definitely killing ourselves, killing killing each other at a way higher rate. But the thing about the government, I mean, excuse me, the police killing us is that you don't expect someone that's supposed to be protecting you to right, kill right, you. That's right, why, right. even if the number was one, right. that's high. Right. That's the difference. And see, to me. I was having this conversation Saturday about if you're a black person and you kill another black person, how I feel about that is, you know, I just, I feel like you're less than a person. If you're a black person and you kill another black person because you showing hatred. Matter of fact, I watched a Nipsey interview. He was like, um, gang culture, you're, you're built to believe that, okay, I'm riding down the street. Somebody come shoot up your block. Uh-huh. And I'm riding down the street, and I see a nigga that like a square, dressed in some fucking khakis and shit. I look right past him, but then I go to the hood, the rival hood, and I'm looking at the nigga that look just like me, who dressed just like me, and we about to kill this nigga. That's how we're geared. So I, but I feel like all black people, we're fighting for the same thing. But that goes back to, you know, motherfuckers being addicted to the McDouble. That's that's how we're conditioned. That's how Blue put the McDouble down. <laughs> that's how that's how we're looked at and that's that's how we grow up. So how do we stop black people from thinking like that? Because it's not something that you inherit. It's something that's taught to you. Yeah, I was just about to say that it, it's it's basically Basically, you have to change the narrative. You have to teach something else. And most people, you can't just keep telling them something and trying to beat it up up their head. You have to show them. And do you think that government, our capitalistic government, is isn't doesn't have a hand in that pot as far as them keeping black people down in the situations that I feel like they've created the blueprint, they implemented it, and now they're just watching, you know, they're reaping the, the benefits of what they created. And I feel like that's a direct that's a direct result of capitalism. I think I think this topic is getting real conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's yeah, not a word, yeah. but I'm gonna call it conspiracy. <laughs> 
I, I, I see what you're saying, but I do see correlations in that because I feel like the government, just from when it was created through slavery, Jim Crow, and how everything with the Industrial Revolution and prohibition and everything in history it's always had its part in holding black people down. Every part of capitalism in America, every portion of history, had its one or two direct ways that they held black people down. Yeah, but um, I talked about Karl Marx earlier, and sometimes you have to just look at things from the greater good point of view. And when you start breaking down the greater good, capitalism gives us the best opportunity for for what we have in place today. and what we've seen other places today. today. Correct. Okay. But I'm right there with you 100% saying that we definitely can come together, how innovative we are and how much technology has grown. We definitely can come together and, and come agree. up with something better. I agree with you on that point where you're saying that it gives us the best the best opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, us, like the topic you were saying as far as black people, that's a whole different type topic for I got me, though. You. That's, I got that's, you. We have to come together, and, and we have to figure that one out. As far as opportunity, I I will <laughs> agree with you on that, but I'm, I'm still under the impression. I feel like that we can thrive up under it, but it still wasn't built for us. It, it gives us the opportunity to either be a fucking bum. This country wasn't built for us. Right. But to your point... You could either be a bum or yeah. you could be a fucking Jay-Z. You know what I mean? But you have the opportunity. Under socialism or communism, Beyonce would be picking corn. Hey, man, she'll probably look, still look <laughs> fine picking corn. She'll she'll be fine. She'll be amongst the rest of us. She'll just be picking corn. Do you think oh, Jay-Z going to have to fucking fight. He going to have to fight for Beyonce if she was in, in the, the goddamn field? field with us, boy. <laughs> 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 that nigga going to have to have some hands by herself, boy. Hey, and do you think Jay-Z going to win that fight? He ain't going to win against everybody. Bro, I can't picture Jay-Z in the 90s in the projects selling work and getting in the fights. I cannot picture that shit, dog. I feel like Jay-Z don't look like a fighter to me. He he done scrapped before, but I feel like he one of them niggas that just tell a little nigga to get, up, get after that nigga. Yeah, a boss type nigga. Right. But he definitely done got into a fight before, and I want to see how that shit went. I can't picture Jay-Z fighting, dog. You think a nigga had hands back in the day? Hell no. Wait. Speaking of that, all these niggas that's supposed to be bosses and shit, do you think they had hands back in the day? No. I feel like Rick Ross would have got his ass whooped back in the day. Man, I don't picture. I don't, picture, fuck how big I don't you picture no fat nigga just throwing down. For real. <laughs> and I'm talking about real fat. Like this nigga 300 plus. And see, like niggas like Boosie and shit, I could I could feel like them little niggas got some dog in them. But they too small though. Them little beast things ain't doing nothing for you. Hey, I done seen some little niggas that have got them handled some yeah, big niggas. They'll go, but you gotta have some size, bro. Like if you if ain't you got really to, bro. if you really break it down, all right, you don't have to, bro. Look, okay, I'm so you. so now hypothetically speaking, we're about to we're about to organize a fight. Your fighter is gonna be Booksy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm picking the game. I think Booksy will get a nigga run for his money. Really? Hell yeah, bro. This nigga like five four. That shit don't matter. This nigga game. This nigga six foot three. Goddamn two twenty five. Solid. That don't mean shit, bro. 
Bro, I'm picking I'm that nigga. You, bro. I'm Man, picking fact, that nigga. Southern, I seen that shit, bro. Fucking big swole cock diesel ass nigga. I mean, I've seen it too, but like, that's I mean, who you would put your money on to look at. I mean, I just think the nigga see now, got see some now, head. see now. But see, you talking about in the ring? If you talking about a no holds bar type, like street fight type shit, I done seen little niggas damn give big niggas hell. Bro, I feel like um, you definitely should be a strong Christian because you. You're picking uh, David over Goliath. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. You believe in that David versus Goliath shit? I mean, but we've seen little niggas. Just we we've seen it before, niggas. and we also seen big niggas take out whole crowds. I'm saying, but just to your point, I wouldn't just count Boosie out. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? I'll give you that. Because I know you got some little niggas that you didn't grow up with. Let them beat some big niggas up. Mm-hmm. You probably got For some sure. big niggas in your circle that ain't got no hands. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just talking to one on the phone. That's my dog, though, man. I love you, boy. I ain't about to say your name. Oh, shit. I love you, boy. But, yeah, man, bro, we got to hit this last topic, bro, because uh, I done took up damn near your whole day. Oh, you good, bro. <laughs> I appreciate you getting on this podcast with me, too. I didn't even introduce you, but I'm going to do an introduction at the beginning. But, yeah, bro. I really been wanting to talk about this topic. I got to introduce it first. Um, so, and this is this is this is crazy. Just how stuff works. Uh, anybody listening that wants to know how I come up with these unique topics, this is basically how they come to me. You know, life just happens, and I just be like, "Hey, that'll be a good topic for my podcast." I got a little notebook that I keep in the car with me or in my little camera bag because I take pictures and shit too. And uh, whenever I something good happens, I hurry up and write it down because I used to put stuff in my phone, but I'll ignore that phone for some reason. But for some for some reason, when I write it down on a paper, it feels way more that personal. That shit comes to, me. to life. That's that's yeah. how I do my goals, bro. Yeah, and I have dreams about most of the shit that I do. Like, believe it or not, I had a dream that I was doing a podcast before, and one day now I'm standing in front of a microphone talking on a podcast, and a hundred people is listening to me a week. But um, I'm over here tripping. <laughs> Nigga, I'm drinking whiskey, vodka, and rum. Yeah, bro, you drinking the whole liquor cabinet? That is crazy. And it's Monday, my G. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even supposed to be drinking. I said I was getting a green smoothie this morning. I was chilling because I got way too drunk this weekend. Yeah, how that smoothie go for you? I got a burger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I said, I ate two of them bitches this morning, man. But tomorrow, I'm I'm going to the gym and I'm going to give me a smoothie. But yeah, so, bro, my homeboy, he calls me one day. All right, he uh, he might have texted me. And he was like, how do you feel about people? How do you feel about people with MAGA hats? And I was like, what about it? He was like, do you think everyone with MAGA hats are racist? And I answered the question. And um, I was like, why'd you ask me that? And he was like, because my boss is a strong Republican. And we just found out. And one of my coworkers seen, seen that he uh, possessed a MAGA hat. And she's tripping. What was your answer? We're going to get into okay, that after okay. I get a breakdown. Um, he says she seen he had a MAGA hat. Now she's tripping and she's calling him a racist and she's angry or whatever. Just so happened that next day, and coincidences are crazy and they always make me feel crazy. Just so happened that next day I went to Walmart. I forgot what the hell I even got from Walmart. But as soon as I go to the door, another funny situation happened too. Somebody was standing, uh, standing in front of the Walmart and he was asking for donations for a charity. And I was like, I don't have no cash. I'm going to give you some when I come out. He was like, all right, cool. Going to the Walmart. Front of the Walmart, it's this old man 
with a MAGA hat on. He tries to pick something up off the shelf. I think it was a barbecue grill or something. It was like a whole bunch of barbecue grills. He tries to pick it up. He drops it. Drops it right in front of me as soon as I'm walking up. And he looks at me and he goes, excuse me, you'll pick this up for me. And I go, yes, sir. I pick up the barbecue grill. Um, I hand it to him. He says, thank you. I walk away. I start laughing. Then I start thinking. I was like, oh, this must be a sign. I got to talk about this MAGA hat shit. It's got to be a sign. So my answer to him when he asked me, do I think everyone is racist that wears MAGA hats was absolutely not. Uh, I can agree with that. I feel like everyone that wears because the key word is everyone. I feel like everyone that wears a MAGA hat is ignorant. That's one. That's one statement that I can stand behind. I wouldn't say that they're all racist. I can say that they're all ignorant because either they do, they don't under they either feel exactly the way that Donald Trump feels. They feel like they've been losing the battle and that Trump can help them out of whatever they're going through. They're either racist, some of them, because a lot of them are racist, or they just really don't understand the magnitude of what that hat stands for what in that our statement country. stands for. Right. The statement on that hat. Make America great again. Which and it's crazy because that's, it's nothing but a basic red hat with some white letters on it. But it, but it stands for so much more. It's the statement. So right. the thing about the statement is um, – Make America great again. So the time period they're speaking of when America was great, they're talking about uh, coal mines, you know, things like that, when they felt like America was great. And the thing is about those time periods where we were slaves. So but how, did, but, but how do you know that that's what, they're fe- well, that's what they feel? Because that's what he was pitching in his campaign. Okay, okay. He was pitching keeping, keeping coal mine, uh, bringing coal mines back, uh, creating jobs that we used to have back in the day. And in those times, you know, these are time periods where we were slaves or during Jim Crow and stuff like that. That's, when, that's the time period they're speaking of when they felt like America was great. America was not great for Them us Them bitches then. wasn't living back then. How the fuck would they know? Um, they just speaking on history. And you see, know, that's and why I say people are ignorant because they 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 don't realize the power in that. I will agree with you on that because um, as far as as far as everyone that 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 support Donald Trump and believe Donald Trump, the reason why I don't think they're all racist is because um, I'm friends with some of them too. Yeah, it's because some people are just some people are are just riding <clears throat> for the team win, lose, or draw, and I understand that because I'm a Falcons fan. I don't feel like getting into no Falcon jokes and none of that shit. Man, but that's why I get nah. it because win, lose, or draw, I ride with the Falcons. I might crack a joke and be like, "I'm done with the Falcons." Some people are just really strong Republicans. Some people are really strong Democrats. And but see, to that point, you remember we were talking earlier about your addiction and stuff, or how you feel about a McDouble. I keep yeah. my bad blue. Y'all know I keep on throwing you down there. Everybody loves talking about blue <laughs> on here. You're good, bro. But. I feel like there should be nothing in this world unless it's something that's life or death. Like we were talking about, if you're not willing to die over that shit, you know what I mean? There should be nothing that is that strong, is that strongly embedded in you that you couldn't denounce it if it was doing harm. And I agree, but everyone's not like that, though. So if the Falcons came out and they, I don't know, 
I'm different. The whole fucking the whole fucking team just was raping bitches. You know what I, I mean? I wouldn't I wouldn't be for it. Right. And you would you still support the Falcons? No. But I'm different. Right. So my thing is with the MAGA hats, um I went to a um I'm gonna put the name out there. I went to Genghis Grill. And it was a guy. And what kind of restaurant is that? It's a like a, I guess it's a Chinese restaurant, kind of. It's a stir-fry restaurant where they make your shit with two pieces of wood. Kind of weird, but it's good. And um, there was a guy in there at the bar, and you could tell he was kind of like a manager or something. And he had a hat that says, uh, Keep America Great, Trump 2020. Mm. And then uh, I had asked the black couple beside me, I said, did y'all see his hat? And it was like, no, nah, they didn't even pay attention to it. I was like, he had on a Trump hat and said, keep America great. And he said, oh, wow, I didn't know that because he's the head chef at Genghis Grill. So I posted that shit on um, Instagram. And one of my friends who's a strong Democrat, like she's actually active in her community advocating uh, the Democratic Party. She said, dang, I really like that restaurant. Now I can't even support that. See, when it comes to that, I wouldn't, I don't feel that strongly towards people who support Trump to not, <laughs> to not keep enjoying what I like. Uh-huh. But, you know, I do take a second to analyze the type of person that I think you are. And then if I f- still feel like you're a genuine person, because I know a lot of people who voted for Trump that I socialize with daily. And... I don't look at them as any less of a person. I guess that's just the humanity in me. Yeah. Now, there is one Trump supporter that I did get in a um, conflict with because I slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> just because he <laughs> Tell was... Tell that story. Man, I was at work. And I, you know, I don't think nobody from my job going to listen to this shit. But I hope they don't. And if y'all do, don't tell nobody. But... Um, <laughs> You know, he was just real disrespectful in his approach to why Trump was doing the things he was doing and saying that what he was doing was bringing the white nation back up again or something like that and marginalizing, and I'm paraphrasing, marginalizing black and Mexicans. And the conversation was unwarranted. That's why I was upset because it caught me off guard. First off, I don't mean to cut you off, but... Um, there's certain topics that don't belong in the workplace, and politics is definitely number one. Well, he was a he. It, it wasn't a coworker. Oh, it was a customer. It was, it was a customer. Okay, okay, okay. So he was just in the building, and he was just. I can I can same same I, shit. I man. can debate with you, but as long as it's respect, like yeah. you know, even if you don't like socialism, bro, as long as it's respect, you know. I can I can have that conversation. And it's funny because we had this conversation after it happened, and I right. told you the same thing. I was like, you know, someone like me, because honestly, you don't agree with a lot of things I, I say and talk about. Right. But we have that conversation, and we learn from it. Right. Because I, I actually learn a lot from you. But see, to that point, it's hard to find people that doesn't think like you that are actually knowledgeable about what they believe in. Uh-huh. Because... I can, I promise you, if I go talk to 100 MAGA hat wearers, 
they they don't have any idea of what Trump is doing in office. They don't even think about black people when they when they think about what's right. going on as far as that. And Correct. that goes that goes to my point of me and you were talking earlier about people on social media and how if you follow three thousand people, you're not seeing the other twenty million people that are on social media. Uh-huh. You're looking at life through a vacuum and you can't it's I mean you it's it's hard to make informed decisions that are for the greater of good greater good that affects everybody. If you're just looking at life through a vacuum. That's true. And that's how I feel about MAGA hat supporters. You know, I can see, I can see positive things in some of the stuff that Trump was saying. You know, there are, there have been um, things that have been going on in America um, that may align with my views, but all the hate speech you know, just the blatant disrespect towards women and Mexican people, that was enough for me not to support. Because I used to work with a bunch of Mexicans, and them niggas made me a bunch of money. You know what I mean? I have no hatred towards anybody, any particular group of people. You know, even if you're a MAGA hat supporter, my fa- one of my favorite artists is a MAGA hat supporter. Who? Kanye West. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. Bro, y'all niggas love Kanye for some reason, bro. I mean, because he he was his music was there in you know an important time of our lives where we were becoming the people that we are today, and you know that was the, the everyone in our time. age group always talks about that trying to defend Kanye. <laughs> I mean, everyone between the ages of 25 and like 30, 32. And see, and see, to that point, I can listen to Kanye's views and listen to all the bullshit he be saying, and I can find good in some of the stuff that he says. And that may be bad. That may, I, I know it's 100% biased, but I can find good in what he's trying to say, even though it's not coming off that way. You know, I feel like he's not coming out of a place of malice or trying to hurt people. But, you know, just the way he did it was fucked up. And now he's getting persecuted for it. But then again, I'm not the type of person to persecute anybody just because it's popular opinion. Yeah. So as far as the mega hat, I feel like for you to support that message, you are 100% ignorant to what it does to the greater portion of America that is hurt by what that stands for. And I can 100% confidently say that because Donald Trump lost the popular vote. So that does mean that more Americans that actually vote and care about the direction that the country is going in, they voted against what that stood for. But, bro, starting out the podcast... Um, you told me you don't like being categorized. Right. So when you see someone wearing a MAGA hat, you automatically categorize them as that? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean that goes against what you want yourself though. I mean, but 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 then I said, okay, even if I don't call myself something, I'm still something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because 
if I don't call myself a Democrat, correct? But people every call me atheist, right? But every time there's an election, I've the majority of the time I'm voting for the Democratic Party. Then I'm a Democrat, whether mm-hmm. I like it or not. I can goddamn tell you shit. I'm not black. I identify as white. But goddamn, every time I go for a loan, I get goddamn declined. Or every time I'm riding in my nice ass car, shit, I get pulled over. You know, nigga, I'm still black. Yeah. Even though I don't like getting categorized. And your boy Kanye did say that. I mean, Kanye. Even if you a nigga in the bins, you still a nigga. And so on, so on, whatever the fuck he said. Hey, we all niggas. And that's what people got to realize. No matter how far you done gone, you still just another nigga. It's a lot of them crackers still looking at fucking Nipsey Hussle right now. No matter how good he's done, they had, he had the fucking police chief talking good about him. And a lot of them just looking like, damn, them niggas still killing niggas. They still killing each other. Yeah. That's why I said this shit's not for us. Now, I'm not telling us to goddamn get on the boat and go to Africa. So but what are you telling us then? We got to do some shit for ourselves. Nipsey showed us that shit, even if that shit kill you. Somebody got to be the martyr to show you the goddamn... Bro, you know how I know Nipsey's death affected us, like, affected all of us? I haven't done a podcast or interview yet, and we didn't talk about Nipsey at least half the time. I mean, you have to. I feel like he was such, he was such a big person in our culture that I hope this conversation goes on forever. You Me know, too. but I hope it goes beyond the conversation. Just like I'm gonna tell you this, I was having a conversation uh, Saturday about Nipsey Hussle and w- whether or not it was uh, the government that killed him or if it was just a nigga that killed him. And <sighs> I told him, conspiracies, I t- the government did it. Go ahead. I told them that I've heard it so much to the point where I'm beyond that conversation. Um, and then I related that to R. Kelly, which is two complete, completely different su- subjects. But when R. Kelly shit was going on and the documentary and shit, I knew not to watch that shit because I knew that it was just some propaganda. It was just some bullshit for a lot of people to get mad at, even though they already fucking knew the shit. Correct. So my whole problem with the persecution of R. Kelly was everybody's getting mad at this one person. But nobody is doing nothing for any survivors of rape, and they're not doing anything in the community to stop the people that are still raping. The first thing I did when I heard about R. Kelly uh, documentary coming out, I got online and I looked at all the sex of the registered sex offenders in my neighborhood, and I sent the fucking link to my neighbors who I knew had kids and the women that lived alone because I was like, y'all niggas need to know. Not if y'all see these niggas, be aware, be cautious. You know what I mean? And I felt like that's doing more. Just that little thing right there is doing more than getting on Facebook and talking about I'm not listening to R. Kelly music no more. What the fuck is that doing? You sitting up there getting mad about that shit when it's not your fucking neighbor has been getting raped for months and you don't know. So if you're not going to do anything in your community, then shut the fuck up. Back to Nipsey, I'm to the point where I'm tired of talking about the semantics of his murder, whether the nigga who did it or not is going to be crazy or whether it's a conspiracy theory or not. 
Now let's get to the point where what did he do? What did he stand for? And how can we continue his work in our own communities? How can we apply ownership of the content that we're creating and the goods and services that we're providing to our own people? How do we become a self-sustainable community now instead of the pointless conversations that keep on going on and keeps us boxed down on social media, looking through that vacuum? Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> long live Nipsey Hussle, dog. Um, it's one of those deaths that is going to sting for a little while. And I completely agree with you, dog. It's one of those things where you're supposed to learn something from it and don't let his death be for no reason. We all do need to learn from it and, and grow from it. So we do Don't just do learn, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but the thing about the sex offender list, like when you look at sex offender list, do you look at the charge first before you like inform people yeah. that someone's on the yeah. sex offender list? Okay, I, I that's got something a, very important. I got a cousin that's on the sex offender list for fucking for pissing. Yes, you know what I mean, bro. Let me tell you a funny story. Um, it's crazy too. We're recording this podcast at my homeboy Trey Trey crib, and one time me and Trey Trey went to North Carolina for um a graduation. I want to say it was A and T or something. And uh, I got real drunk, bro, the whole time we was there. And he went to the Waffle House, and I was too drunk to get out of the car. I just went to sleep. And when I woke up, I got out of the car. I went behind a dumpster, and I just started pissing. And I'm pissing, and somebody taps me, like, on my shoulder. And I'm like, hold up, bro, wait till I get done. And I keep pissing, and he taps me again. And I'm like, nigga, didn't I say wait till I get done? And I get done pissing. I pull my pants up. I turn around. It's a police officer. And I we just all looked, had that shit happen. I just before. looked at him, and he just looked at me, and he ain't say nothing. Like, he didn't say not one word. He just was looking at me. And, bro, first thing that comes out my mouth is, bro, I don't want to be on the sex offender list. And he just bust out laughing and was like. <laughs> That's some real like, shit, though. Yeah, he was like, bro, just next time, please, just don't piss in public. He was like, only reason why I'm leaving you alone about it, because at least you pissed behind a dumpster. He was like, just next time, please don't do it. And I was like, man, I appreciate that, man. I like imagine what my mama gonna say when she see me on that sex offender list just because I pissed in public. And there are good cops out there. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely was a good cop. That's all he said to me. Like he thought it was just hilarious, and he was like, "You drunk as hell." He was like, "You ain't drive, did you?" I was like, "Hell nah." He was like, "Nah, for real." Like, did you drive? I was like, "Nah, I ain't drive for real." He was like, "Oh okay," because I was about to say, "I'm not letting you drive," and I was like, "Oh all right." I didn't drive for real though. I was in the back seat. There's no way in hell I was driving no car. I was drunk as hell. See, at Southern, I used to get fucked up and just fall asleep in my car at the bar. I did that before. My first time, like, really partying at uh, at Georgia Southern, before I even started going to school there, I went there. I think I went to Platinum. Mm-hmm. I got drunk as hell, bro. And I walked to my car. When I woke up, it was just the next day. And see, my first time partying at the college was at Albany State. I was like 15, 16 up there with my brother. Uh-huh. And um that shit was fucked up. You know, I ain't know nothing. All I knew is it was a bunch of fine ass women and they were drinking uh what was it? The Kappa shit, the uh the nuke juice. Yeah, nuke juice. I'm damn drinking Cute that juice, shit. Juice, nuke juice. I'm like, man, what the fuck is this shit, boy? I ain't never had nothing like this. And I drank back then. Yeah. But shit, back then, all I drank was down 211s. Got down the black <laughs> That's what everybody start out with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, shit, college fucks everybody up. 
That's why, hey, kids, if you listen, don't go to college. <laughs> don't tell no kid that shit. Hey, man, learn that shit yourself, man. Become your own boss. Don't goddamn get in debt. Man, Keep paying the rest of your life. That's not what you tell the kids. What you tell the kids is sit down and actually think about things and what you really want to do. It's kind of hard to figure out what you want to do at that young of an age, but figure out what's really important to you. I'll tell you what I do right now is something that I want to do for the rest of my life, and I didn't learn it at college per se, but the knowledge that I got to put over this microphone, definitely college had a part in it. But as far as what I'm doing, I don't think college or anyone else could have taught me this. My number one teacher was uh youtube i'm 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 still an active student in youtube university i learned everything <laughs> from it <laughs> hey. i learned everything from it uh i got a camera I, i'm into photography now i know more than most photographers that went to college for photography and i got it all from youtube university i need they need to shoot a commercial with me on it hey but my friend on facebook uh john he said do not tell your kids school is important. Tell them education is important. Correct. I so agree. Don't if you're a kid out there, you listening, don't rely on school to teach you. You need to your main focus need to be education. Educate yourself as much as you can and look at all the resources you have around you. Just not school. Don't rely on school to get everything that you're supposed to learn. That's something I definitely would tell a kid because one of my biggest regrets in my life, and I think I said it on the podcast before, is that I wish I would have got a trade. There was a there was a nice little in between time where um, I was um, I wasn't going to school, and I wish I would have went to a technical college and, and got a trade in that in between time. Because right now, like I would give anything in the world if I could just go get my plumbing license for free because I really want to start a plumbing, biz- a, a plumbing business. Hey, everybody in my family, the ones that makes the most money, all the only education they have is the uh, Gusta Tech. They make the most money in my family. They make 40, what you mean, 50. GED? No, nah, the, uh, they have a trade. Oh, okay, a trade? Yeah. Yes. And they That's what I was just speaking on. make $40, $50 an hour. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just with that trade. That's how much plumbers make. That's what I'm Easy saying. money. Bro, and then I got the business mind state. Like, a lot of people don't even know. I just started a cleaning business. And uh, the first thing I did was I went and brought a van. That's really? the first thing. Yeah, I got a van. I drive it all the time. <laughs> Nigga, you got a van? Bro, I got a van. A lot of people don't know that about me, bro. Sometimes I go and uh, a lot of people don't know this. I drive a Camaro. That's my day-to-day car. Um, I go and just park that Camaro, and sometimes I don't even fuck with that Camaro for like two weeks. I just Nigga, drive my the van. fact that you got a van is hilarious. I got a utility van, bro. I drive it all the time. Bro, that should be like the intro to your podcast. Nigga, you and your van with like a fucking Family Matters intro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, like ain't you a, hanging out it ain't that kind shit. of van. It's a, it's a utility van. It's a utility van. I got all my equipment in and everything, bro, because I just believe in working for myself, dog. That's real, though, bro. And they see... A lot of people don't have that mind state, bro, because I wish I'm not going to say that because I know if I wanted if I really wanted to, I could. Uh, I think me and you spoke before about people making excuses and saying what they want to do Uh rather than what they're working towards. Because I'm about action. Exactly. Like I said, you're the type of person that wants to do something. You go ahead and do it. And saying me, you know, I want to do something and I'll write shit down but it'll be hard harder for me to actually put that plan in motion because i'm lazy you know what i mean 
So that's why, you know, I admire people like that that's in my life that motivates me to get to that level where I can actually put my money where my mouth is and actually go out there and do some shit for my own. Because if I was, wasn't lazy and I wanted to, and I did all the shit that I wanted to do, I'd, I'd be in a, a lot better shape than I am now. But honestly, it's all about what makes you happy, though. Like, where you're at right now in life and what you're doing, is that, is that what makes you happy? Yes. I, feel, I, I can honestly say with my profession now, and everything that I have going on as far as family and outside organizations, um, I feel like I'm working towards something greater than myself and that I actually can leave a good legacy behind for my family when I leave this earth. Yeah, see? And that's all that matters, you being happy. I try to tell people that all the time because, you know, nowadays being an entrepreneur is like, something something cool something hip or whatever and everybody is on game about it but honestly most of the people that i talk to entrepreneurship is not for them like one of the biggest things like right now in my life i've said it on the podcast already um i'm broke as hell that's what comes with entrepreneurship sometimes i'm sometimes i'm doing a business venture that that's lucrative and, and brings me four to five grand a month sometimes things are a little slow and i'm only getting in fifteen hundred two grand a month you know what i'm saying you have to be prepared for that and you have to have the mental capacity to be able to withstand it so what would you tell somebody who i guess has have that same vision that you had as far as starting your own podcast but they were, I guess, skeptical or afraid of what the backlash would be as far as them not having anything to fall back on. I seen uh, Rory from the Joe Button podcast. Uh-huh. He posted, um, I think it was today or yesterday, um, all of my friends took that leap of faith and employed themselves. And now look at us. And that's a a big step that a lot of people aren't willing to take. Me personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that leap right now because I have people depending on me to the point where I'm not in the position where I would want to jeopardize being comfortable in order to chase my dreams. Correct. Um it goes back to what I told you earlier and that's a good that was a it's a good ass question, but it goes back to what I told you earlier. It's one of those things where you got to figure out what you really want and where do you really want to be. So, me personally, I got to go ahead and get this out. I should have said this earlier. Me personally, I'm not a complacent person. I've never been complacent. I grew up a very material, fucking materialistic person. I always wanted things. Now I kind of got out of that. But I still just want things. I'm just never happy. Like, every time I get one thing, I want some more. And now I know what makes me happy. What makes me happy is kind of the same reason why Kobe and Jordan are fucked up. I got that same shit in me. I'm a super competitive person. Uh, that's what fuels me. Like, every day I wake up, I just want to be better. I want to do better. And I just got that dog in me. So w- what I would tell a kid that wants to do what I'm doing, whew, it's a lot of things. First thing first, how bad do you really want that thing? Second thing second, how much do you care about what other people think of you? Because to do what I'm doing, 
you honestly have to just not give a fuck. Because, like, I know people that podcast every day and they read comments and be mad as a motherfucker and don't be wanting to put nothing else out because they're scared of that judgment. That, I don't give a damn. That's a natural reaction. I, I feel like that's yeah, a natural it's a reaction. Human, it's a human behavior, and that's why, like, sometimes you'll, you'll hear me talk about things and I'll be like, well, you know, humans are like this. Because sometimes I feel like I'm not human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead ass, bro. Sometimes I feel like I'm not human, bro, because, like, stuff that people care about, I just don't give a damn about. Like, bro, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world. I think I, I got either. an opinion, and I think I'm educated. And I think when I put those two together, you get slim. I mean, and why would I apologize point. for that? That's a good point. A lot of people won't stand out there on that ledge by themselves like that because in the environment today with social media, it's hard to be your own person. Yeah. So for people who... That's why I say our generation is so great because we grew up in a generation where you had to go out there and do shit for yourself. You you weren't you weren't built to hide behind a keyboard. You know, you wasn't talking to girls off of fucking uh Twitter and Facebook and shit like that. You had to actually go out there and talk to people. I remember my grandma plenty of times said, boy, you better open your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want something, you better speak up. Right. And we have the ability to interact with people. And we have the ability to cut people off because we knew that once we went home, that was home. And we could separate the two. But now it's to the point where you're bringing all the outside people into your house now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you scared, go to church. I ain't scared. That's what I would tell a young kid that wants to podcast. Like, hey man, if you want to leave yourself open for, for for that judgment, do it. If you if you're scared or if you care about what other people think of you, this is not for you. I just feel like it's hard to breed those type of people now with the environment that we're in now. I think so too, because as far you're right, as far as social media goes. Um, is making people a lot softer because everybody fake cares about a lot of stuff. Like, bruh, it was hard for me to, like, not even change who I am because I was already starting to grow. But, like, just the way you have to – the way you have to decode your message so people will understand it and not be sensitive towards what they're hearing is hard as fuck. That's why I'm glad I'm educated on this because it's certain words you can't say that's in my everyday vocabulary. And I try to I try my best to censor myself because I know myself outside of work and myself inside those environments where I'm 100% the minority. I try to not give my full self which Bro, sometimes I beat myself game. up about because that goes to the argument of you know, you putting on a mask in front of people or, you know, are you being versatile? I just feel like you have to have some sense of making people comfortable around you. Even if you're not being 100% yourself or being honest to yourself, you don't want to have people looking at you like you're a volatile person because at the end of the day, you need people. Correct. You know what I mean? I wouldn't get on here and start bashing or shaming a particular group of people um, in fear that it would hurt your bottom line. Yeah. 
But at the same time, a lot of people can't be sensitive. Just like how with Kevin Hart, how you remember how he got all that backlash from the gay people. And I wanted to bring that up when we was talking on, about the gay topic. But then when he had that backlash, Dave Chappelle came on and had all his specials. And he was killing transgender people and gay people. Going and I was in. like, you could do that when you're not conforming to that particular subject. When you're unapologetically you. And that's exactly. what I stand by. I'm going to always be me. What you hear me talk about on this podcast, um, I might I might change it up a little bit just so the listeners understand what I'm saying and how I speak. Like I talk way proper on what I talk more, way more proper on my podcast than I do when I'm just talking to everyday life, and I don't speak on a lot of stupid ass shit that I talk about every day. But I'm still me. You still gonna get slim twenty four seven all the time. But when you're unapologetically you, you don't have to apologize for shit that you do. People already understand that's just who you are, that's what you believe, and that's what you go by. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people just don't get that. Like Kevin Hart had no business apologizing because he said he would be mad if, well, he didn't say that. I don't want to misquote him, but he basically, the underlining statement he said in the tweet was that he would be mad if his son was gay and he would throw the dollhouse across the across the room. Like, right, right, Boys right. don't play with dolls. Right. And, um, and that's his prerogative as a fucking father, bro. Yeah, and I just, I, I literally just asked the question before we start recording this podcast. I, I asked everyone outside, like, I'm saying, would you pick for your kid to be gay? For, I, I don't know anybody that would. That's what I'm saying. I don't saying. know any gay That's people. That's a question that, that, that needs to be asked. That. Because gay people know the bullshit that they had to go through to get to where they are now. And I don't know if they would recommend that or want that for their children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a slippery slope when it comes to minorities and different sets of people. But everybody has their shit to go through except for fucking white people. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. You know what I'm saying? I've been like, wanting to use that shit the whole time, bro. Bro, I'll tell you, I just learned that shit, bro, and that's in my vocabulary now. That's what I'm going to call this episode, no cap. No cap. I like that. No my cap. homeboy actually just made, <laughs> he just made something he's about to put on shirts, and it's, it's no cap. I'm going to ask him, can I use that as the, as the image for this, no cap. For this episode? Hey, I'm man, shout out to all you hilarious. young ass, no cap ass niggas, man. Yeah, y'all boys is hilarious, even though y'all all cap. <laughs> <laughs> Most of y'all boys is all cap. Y'all flashing money. that It ain't nothing but like $1,000, boy. That's barely enough to pay my car note, insurance, and maybe a power bill. But y'all flashing that shit on social media, all cap. And y'all driving cars from 2001, talking about some, and I ain't got no car note. Duh, you paid $2,000 yeah, for the car. Hey, but I ain't going to lie, boy. You flashed money back in that MySpace days. You might have got robbed. What? At least where I was at. Nah, they can do that nowadays because all of them do it. You just rob people? No, nah, I'm saying all of them just flash the money. Like, I don't know, bro. Times just seem different now. Like, it's a little more safer for these little kids. No, it's not, bro. I feel like it's the wild, wild west. And I feel like, you know, they're not, they're in that vacuum where they are making a lot of money. So all the industry people, all the motherfuckers that's actually making the money off of them, they protecting them. They not they they say they in the hoods like whatever, but they got video cameras around them when they See, in the hood. I wasn't even thinking about people like that. I was thinking more so of like people in the area where we live at and stuff. 
only talking about as far as people flashing down here. Yeah. I don't follow any of them, so I wouldn't know. Oh, I know some. Them niggas hilarious too, boy. But see, I I don't think that we have the same environment uh, that we had growing up. Because I remember when I was in like the 11th or 12th grade, we had that color time bus. You remember that? When they oh. had locked up like two, three hundred people in oh, Augusta. Oh, Joker, the Joker, the tattoo yeah, shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that shit was right across the street from where I stayed at. Tobacco Road? Yeah, I stayed on Pinnacle Place Apartments. So everybody around my spot got locked up. Oh, you an uptown nigga. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that shit, after everybody got damn got locked up, you know, niggas started moving different. You know, niggas was kicking in doors around there, and all that shit stopped. Uh, what T.I. said, expeditiously. Expeditiously? <laughs> for real. That nigga was tripping for that shit. And I fuck with Tip, bro, but he was tripping for that shit. How I ain't gonna lie, Tip, man. How was he tripping? Man. I respected that shit. Nah, bro. I did a podcast about it last night, bro. And, like, I felt so bad because homie was going in on Tip. He was going in on Tip. He was going in on Game. And I just, I couldn't really defend him, bro. Cause I what was, was like, he saying? He was just, he basically, you got to listen to it, bro. He basically was just talking about how, like, he feel like them niggas is corny and like he feel he thinks that every time something happens, Tip has to be right there to get his little two cent, his little two cent in and get his little camera time. That shit was warranted though. Yeah, but it's like you ain't gotta say something on social media, bro. You can make a call behind scenes. You're way too old for that. You're doing what young people do. And see, just how Jay Prince and shit. How uh, I had watched some other YouTube video where, I think it was a podcast or something, where they were talking about Jay Prince is such a big person in hip-hop where he doesn't have to make YouTube videos or Facebook videos to get at people. But these young niggas, they not trying to hear that shit, bruh. Because look at it like this. What would have been a narrative if Tip would have called Kodak and then, you know, saying, bruh, you know what I'm saying? You was out of line. I felt you was out of line. And, you know, you shouldn't have did that shit. And then Kodak would have got on Instagram live talking about, man, this nigga Tip just called me. Fuck that nigga. He a bitch-ass nigga. And then Tip had to respond to that. You um, know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think Kodak would have responded that way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm giving Kodak too much credit, but I've never seen him do something like that before. Bro, them Zoles crazy, boy. They crazy, but Kodak, Kodak ain't as ignorant as, as you're probably thinking he is. Boy, I, I don't put, hey, you know what I'm saying? Much respect and love to the Zoes, dog. But I don't put nothing past them niggas, bro. I I know some Haitians, boy. Them Man, Kodak, Kodak a cool little nigga, bro. He just got them. He young, bro. You just got to give him some time. and like That's what I'm saying. You can't put I that. Fuck, I fuck with Nip hard, bro, but I'm not, I'm not going to react. Off emotions, and that's basically what they did. They they reacted off emotion. They did something a young nigga would do. A man is judged. I said this on the podcast last night. A man is not judged by what he does when he's up. A man is judged by what he does under pressure. But to that same thing, but to that same that same effect, bruh, if something happened to you and you and you had a, and your lady had, you know, was mourning, and it's two days after the fact. If somebody would have said some shit like that, I would have had the same energy Tip had. I would have had that same energy Game had. That's why Bro, I'm not mad I would have at that the shit. same. I would have the same energy about you, but not on social media. 
don't know. I don't know if you ever just looked through my social media, but bro, ain't I'm no ain't no personal name, shit on social media. If you're that big of a name, bruh, it don't matter if I'm how I am now or how I'm gonna be later, bro. I'm never gonna let social media. I'm I, I'm never gonna let social media be an alternative life for me. I'm not. So I feel like. This days, this this days, kids now they're they're different. They respond, they react, and they respect certain things a certain way. So I feel like some people you won't be able to reach, you know, having that conversation, calling behind the scenes and having that conversation, or maybe, you know, some of them can't reach that person, you know, because just like uh, we were talking about earlier. These niggas aren't. Who are these people backed by? Who are That's these true. people's OGs? If somebody who got respect in the game had to reach out to a fucking uh, nudie or somebody like that, you know, who do you reach out to? You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. You know, OGs, no OGs. And back in the day, you could make that call. But who the fuck is? I know we, we tipping t- tipping game can call can call call that. I feel like. I don't know. Tipping game can call Kodak, bro. I don't know. I would have just I w- I would have just made that call, dog. Social media is not the place for that. Like I've had I've had disagreements with people before. I never went on social media discussing a disagreement I had with someone, and I never would do it. Just like all right, sometimes I'll make a little joke about one of my homeboys on social media, and people will think we're beefing. And inside, I'd be, be like, mad funny too. Yeah, but inside I'd be like, bro, why y'all think we beefing? We 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 hang out with each other every day. If we had a problem, That's I would discuss it with him while while we're with each other. We right. see each other every day. Why would I go on social media and try to d- d- discuss a, a problem I have with someone? But let me ask you this because I was talking about that Augusta Today page with you earlier, and I tell I cannot participate in that group neither. And I, I'm I'm about to, I'm about to speak to that. You know, it's a bunch of racist people in there who don't know they're racist. Undercover racist. Right. Correct. And my whole role in that group, which I I know I it's not my place, I try to tell those old ass privileged white people that You be trolling in a sense. Go ahead. I know oh I'm I'm a definite troll now, but I try to tell them that this is the Augusta Today page. I mean it's specific to this area. That means that there is a chance that somebody in here may get offended and they may bump into you one day and they may not react how you think they should react. Just like Charlemagne always says, you can't tell somebody about how to react to whatever you say or do. So if you're on here spewing hate about a specific group of people and then one of those people from that, from that group of people sees you, and they do something to you that you think is worse than what you said warranted, you can't be mad at them. And I try to tell people, I was like, listen, people can whoop your old ass and people can catch you in a place where that MAGA hat and that NRA card don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? Because I know you're not going to be where I'm at, but you don't know where I can find you at. You got to go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, you know, a lot of people, they just, especially the kids, they see the internet and they're not in touch with real life. 
And that's how I feel that Kodak is reacting. He's not in touch with real nigga shit as far as respecting Nipsey Hussle and his fiance grieving. That's why he made those comments. And I feel like that's how a tip or a game who is of a different cloth reacted to that ass. Like, maybe you just a little nigga who don't respect this shit, but you respect this social media shit, and you feel like what's on social media is real. So if this is what you respect, then this is what I'm going to give you. But, bro, you don't fight fire with fire. Like, one of the biggest things I learned in my life, early on when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend, and um, she told me, like, my homeboys used to do real fucked up shit to me, like, like, I would do head-ass shit, and they would go back and tell her. And she used to be scared to tell me, like, they was the ones that told her. And I finally figured out, like, oh, they the ones that's telling on me. Right. And then I used to be like, you know what? I'm going to get these niggas back. And she would tell me, like, look, Slim, don't ever bring yourself down and come out your character and become something that you aren't trying to get back at other people. Always stay true to yourself. And no lie, I always remember that to this day. And shout and shout out to her, but I always remember that. That's that. real. I ain't never had nobody tell me that. You know, I may have heard it in passing, but yeah. you know how and this was a girl I was with when I was a child. Like I think me and her got together when I was fourteen or fifteen. We broke up when I was like nineteen. But shit, but shit is received different from people that you respect. I feel like you know if Kodak, if somebody in Kodak's camp that he looked up to would have said some shit like that was foul. It, it would have came different from, you know, niggas he don't fucking know. Some niggas that he view as an old-ass nigga. But why do we even care about what that nigga say? Like, the podcast we did yesterday, I'm going to send you the link, too, so you can hear the podcast. He started, I love how Maine started the podcast out. He started it out by some words from Nip himself on the interview, and he was like, bro, we don't even care about this sucker shit. Like, when you give attention to this clown shit, like, that's that's what makes it grow. Just Just ignore that shit. Right. Yeah, so we should have just left that shit alone. Like, honestly, when I seen the words, because I seen it when he went live, and I just was like, oh, this nigga wilding again. And I moved forward. Like, nigga, fuck what, he, fuck what he think. Fuck what he talking about. He only 21. I said stupid shit when I was 21, too. But then that goes along with why are you giving power to shit? But wrong is wrong, dog. You know what I mean? You know he wasn't supposed to disrespect that man's name by saying that shit. And even though it doesn't affect you the same way that it affects other people, you know, people people are still mourning. And that goes back to the fact where you can't tell people how to react to shit. That's why I can't say anything bad about Tip and Game and Gilly the Kid because you can't tell them niggas how to react to what the fuck Kodak said. I forgot about Gilly. I don't even be paying him no attention. Hey, man, Gilly is a funny-ass nigga, bro. <laughs> he been funny from the jump, bro. So I don't have time to worry about Willie the Squid, Lily Pat. Man, shout out Wayne, man, one of the goats. Man, Wayne. Hey, I like that Carter Five, too, man. A lot of people said that shit was trash. That shit was pretty cool to me. Yeah, Carter Five was all right. Um, it was all right. It just wasn't the Wayne that that I'm always, you know, expecting. But I pre- I appreciated it for what it was. Man, I I look at Wayne like how I was describing Kanye, as far as he was a pivotal mo- a pivotal person in that moment in time of my life. That's how Wayne was. 
because I listen to some old shit and realize, you know, some shit he said that now makes sense that I didn't understand back in the day. So that's why I feel like Wayne is one of the greatest. But his new shit is just, just like Kanye's new shit is some bullshit. Top three all time. I got Pac, I got Hove, I got Lil Wayne. I got Jay-Z, I got Boosie. Like I got boy, you love Boosie boy. I could not get over his voice when I was young. I'm trying to think of the third. I always ask myself this: Jay Z, Boosie. You said all time. Mm-hmm. I have to say Big man. I'm not a big fan of Big. I talked about it last night on the podcast I did. Uh, Biggie was one of those people to me that just didn't have enough content before he went. I feel like Big, his wordplay and the effect that he had, you know, I feel like, hell, if Nipsey would have just dropped Victory Lap, his shit would have been damn big. Bro, did you know that's that's Hove on my uh, logo? I can see by the head now. <laughs> yeah, that's Hove, bro. And I had a dream. I said this on the podcast before, probably not on mine, on someone else's. Um, I had a dream. When I was getting this logo made, when I first uh, came up with the idea to start my own podcast, and in the dream, I was, uh, I know I sound crazy when I'm talking about my dreams, but that's how I come up with a lot of things. In the dream, I was sitting in like a restaurant, and I was sitting across from Hove, and we was talking, we was talking about shit in these mafia accents, and we both were smoking cigars, and, and we were drinking Douce. And I just woke up. I couldn't remember the conversation we had, but I just remembered that imagery. And I text I text the guy that makes all my logos from Paris. Anybody that needs a logo made, I'll send you his information. He's really good. But I went ahead and hit him up, and I was like, hey, man, I got this idea of this logo I really want. My podcast is called Sit Downs with Slim. I want a picture of Ho smoking a cigar, and I want the name up under it or whatever. And he came up with something similar to this. I told him to change it up a little bit, and boom, that's my logo. Speaking of Jay-Z, you'll think it would be dope. You remember, uh, you listen to Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, I listen to Kendrick. You remember uh, at the end of Mortal Man, how he had that conversation with uh, Tupac? Uh-huh. That would be like some dope shit. You know, even though fucking you can actually go sit down with Jay-Z today. But, you know, just somebody doing that with Nipsey. And I hate to go ahead and put that out there, you know, while you, you know, you create content. But that would be something I would find, you know, dope as far as remembering Nipsey and the effect he had. Because he had so many interviews where, like I said, he was just dropping knowledge for fucking free. And Honestly, the times that we live in now, and we're, and we're going to start to see this more and more because, you know, death is inevitable. Um, people are going to start living forever, and that's and that's everyone's. That's what everyone wants. So Nipsey did so many interviews. He has so much music out there. Nipsey will never die. And I feel like a lot of people want to have that effect, but a lot of people don't want to put in that work to get to that point. And that's why I respect you. you I feel like I see Nipsey in you. As far as a person who says and then they do. And yeah. they don't let what anybody think. You know, I know Nipsey. I've seen interviews where he had to deal with 
a bunch of motherfuckers saying negative shit because he a crip or he's a gangbanger, blah, 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 and he'll let you know what it is. You know, this is not what I'm about. You know, I'm about black business, you know what I'm saying, owning everything that I got going on and giving back to the shit that he grew up in. And, you know, I respect anybody who, excuse me, who puts their money where their mouth is. And I hope that people like that live forever versus, you know, any negative bullshit or people who are great in what they do but don't do anything else for anybody else. Because I want, my my people always taught me that no matter how far you go, it don't mean shit if you don't reach back down and grab somebody else up and help them come to either your level or, you know, just help them boss up. So, you know, as long as you're doing good in your community or not even your community, you can be uplifting your family or just the people you're close to to do something great. But if you out here eating and ain't nobody else eating, then what is your purpose? Correct. And I appreciate that a lot, too, because someone like Nipsey, that'll be some real big shoes to fill. But that was one of the people that inspired me. Um, Everyone knows I was a very big Nipsey Hussle fans. My my two top artists out right now is Meek Mills and Nipsey Hussle. Everyone knows that. And I can't rock with Meek Mill like that, but I like some of his music. Meek got the same thing going on that. And you always like Meek Mill. I always liked Meek Mills, bro. I could never get into that nigga shit, man. Bro, let me tell you, when I got the text about Nip uh about Nip getting shot, I thought they was talking about Meek. Because they was like, Boy, your boy just got shot. I said, Damn boy, this nigga Meek about to die. And then right after that, shout out my homeboy Quelo Smoke. He uh he sent me the uh the article saying Nip just got shot six times and was getting shipped to the hospital. And I was like, damn, it's Nip. That shit hurt just as bad, though. Yeah. But the thing about Meek, like, I don't, of course, I don't wish death on, on anyone or like to speak on someone dying. But if it happened to Meek, it would have been the same effect because Meek does a lot for our community, bro. Like, this whole prison reform thing that he has going on is huge. And, and I know you respect. care about shit like that. Yeah, a people lot, have bro. the respect how he's moving yeah. because he's getting in those rooms where bro, it's uncomfortable. You cannot rock with his music like you just said. But as far as what he right. goes, what he right. got going on as a person, bro, I I try not the to Le- throw Le- words Le- out LeBron there. LeBron James the hip hop. Yeah, I try not to throw. <laughs> 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 bro, you're not gonna disrespect LeBron <laughs> and Meek on the podcast in the same bro. sentence, bro. This nigga just disrespected my favorite athlete and my favorite LeBron, rapper. Your, fl- your favorite out of everybody out of everybody of all times lebron james lebron james <laughs> well you wild Slim Bro, I wild love LeBron, in the game dog. i love him <laughs> i love him as a person i love him as an athlete i love um, him as a person bro his basketball game too like when i hoop like it's the same it's the same thing like all right, i'm all a right, very all selfless right. person okay lebron okay man, lebron is the goat dog me and you going to have to hoop too yeah. Lee hoops is what georgia southern we hoop. We hooped after that. We hooped at uh at that little elementary school, and I was out of shape like a motherfucker. Hell yeah, I remember that. She was well, right I down got the road. Yo, I got the hell up out of there. I was yeah, like, you played one game. You was like, bro, this shit ain't for me no more. <laughs> boy, that's when I was fat too. I was like, yeah. boy, I got to get the hell up out of here, boy. But you know, now I'm you know back in decent shape. I ain't in top tip shape like I used to be, cause I had got a real good shape after that. But I was telling my cousin last night, but I got to lose about fifty. 
Cause shit, we was down playing one on one, down playing king of the court, and I was but trying bro, to tell them niggas I'm two seventy. But bro, you know what? It'll probably be easier for you to lose those fifty than it is for me to lose these ten. I need to lose. I mean, shit, it's hard for anybody who ain't doing shit. Bro, it took me. I had got up to like two forty something, and I got down to one eighty five. Damn, that shit took me like four four five months. And see, when I was in college, I was I, when I got in college, I was two thirty, two forty, and I got down to like one eighty, and then like the rest of college, I was at a, a smooth one ninety, one ninety five. Mm-hmm. And then when I tore my MCL and I broke my foot, and then I hurt my fucking back, I got on steroids. That's when I started blowing back up to like two twenty, two thirty. And then when I started working for the damn the white County. man. For the county, <laughs> <laughs> for the man, shit, man, sitting at that desk every day, man. Oh, that'll do it. My mom, damn, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I'm, I already done said it. My mom, uh, she used to work in San Antonio, and you know Charles Barkley was saying how many fat women is in San Antonio. Yeah, I showed were. my mom the clip of him saying it, and the next day she went to work and she Facetimed me and she was like. Look at this, baby. <laughs> all of them was big. Bro, all of them was big. <laughs> and I was telling her, like, man, look, that's the um, this end of the podcast, so I don't mind telling this story. Because most people don't get past, don't don't get to the end. Right, right, they right. They normally right. stop, like, right before the last 20 minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, she was showing me. I, I was like, Mom, that's really just a lifestyle. Like, you go to work and you sit down. You leave work and you sit down because you're like, oh, I'm tired. I've been working all day. Right. When in reality, your ass been sitting down all day. And what's crazy is, bro. The the day that I realized that I had gained a lot of weight sitting in that office, this girl, I, I, I'm i not going to describe her because she's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was a girl at work. It was a girl at work. And she asked me, she was like, can you fit the same suit that you had your interview in? Ooh. And I said, ain't that about a bitch. I just bought a new jacket for that suit. <laughs> Well, that was some shit, but that shit fucked me up. I ain't going to lie. Damn. Yeah, that shit <laughs> fucked me up. Cause I was like, damn, boy, I can't wear that. I tried to put that shit on the other day. And I was like, man, this some bullshit. I got to get back right. Yeah, but it ain't nothing to um, it ain't nothing to lose that weight, though, bro. I did it. Anybody can do that shit. I got to stay off the whiskey. Yep, that's really what I did. I just stopped drinking. I ain't stopped drinking completely. I just went to only drinking on weekends, and I started doing my green smoothies. I started doing my water detoxing, and I switched my diet up a lot. And, boy, I started getting results, bro. On top of that. Let's get on that Dr. CB diet. See? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not with that Dr. CB shit. That nigga Dr. CB done lied to y'all so goddamn much, bro. Hey, man, I don't follow his work, so I don't have an opinion on it either way. Yeah. I followed it. Uh, excuse me. I listened to it. Um, I don't agree with all of it. Uh, I believe in alkaline diets. You can you can definitely uh, have an al- alkaline diet. Food is definitely one of those things where it's for fuel. It's something you need to live. Um, I see I see how people that's very religious believe that sitting down and eating food for pleasure is is sinful. Is 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 gluttony. However the fuck, whatever the fuck it is. I know what you mean. Yeah, and um, I get it, but I enjoy eating. I enjoy eating too, man. But I also know it's one of those things that you have to control because it is a drug. That's one thing Blue was right about. It's a it's a drug. It's 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 something that you have to control. And me not being a very 
not having an addictive personality is one of those things I'm I'm in control of. I'm gonna start calling uh Blue Dr. Umar Blue because he be saying some real shit and like I you just honest, gotta get it out right. You gotta and, cipher it through. And you gotta it's just it's the messenger, you know. He knows <laughs> what he's saying, and what he's saying be some real shit. But you know the message be fucked up coming from that messenger. But if anybody else said it, you know. So Dr. Umar Blue. Oh, you know Blue too, don't you? Yeah, I know Blue. Yeah. Blue, uh, I wanted Blue on this podcast, but he told me he had shit to do. And he was supposed to take that IQ test for me. <laughs> he got probably got a high-ass IQ. You think so for real? Hell yeah. I'm going to tell Man, you If you it. hear him talk, he knows what he's talking about. It's just hard for him to get it out. Like, I'm not going to lie. When you be sending me shit and I listen to that nigga... I agree with him more than I agree with your side. Not really? gonna no no cap. But <laughs> no cap. <laughs> but seriously, like I understand exactly where he's coming from. But it's it's just kind of chopped and screwed up a little bit sometimes, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, you know, that's one of those things don't kill the messenger. You know So, why do you agree with his side more than my side though? Because I feel like sometimes you I'm too cut and dry and black and white. Right. You over-rationalize it, where it's more of a thing where if you don't take everything, if if the message was direct and clear, it would be easier for you to understand or to rebut it rather than, you know, I guess, dispute it. Because as far as him saying food, you know, when you, when you talk about food as being a drug – and then you put that in the same sentence as being addicted to milkshakes and McDoubles. You know, I can understand it, but, you know, it kind of messes up the message. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't say I disagree with him as far as that. I do feel like a lot of people are addicted to food, but I also think it's something that you can change. Listen, there's a lot of shit that everybody can change. If everything was perfect, then we wouldn't be on this podcast talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people do stuff that they don't need to do. You know, there's a lot of promiscuous women out here. There's a lot of fucking Cardi B's and City Girls Ooh, out here. Double standards. I'm just saying, just because. How you feel about double standards? I feel like they're necessary. Mm, you sound like me. I feel like. But you disagree with what I'll be saying versus Blue. <laughs> I'm just, I, all I'm saying is. It's the way of the world, and even though some things can change, you know, there's just things that each person is geared towards. I feel like men and women, just our physical composition warrants double standards. No cap. You know, no cap. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it sucks for some, but, you know, I don't feel like men should be out here, you know, hoeing like they do. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like women, you out here stripping and you robbing niggas that just paid you to strip. Like how does how does that work? That's like me goddamn working at McDonald's, a nigga paying for a McDouble, and then I go goddamn take their sandwich from them after they done bought my shit. Cancel Cardi B or not? Man, fuck Cardi B and everything Ooh. she stands for. Hot take. I'm just saying. I I don't I don't I don't, I, I like some of her music. Not going to lie, but if y'all going to cancel my nigga R. Kelly, 
and he did way more for the culture. He's the reason most of y'all little bastards here anyway. And y'all gonna cancel Bill Cosby, who I know that instilled some good values in a lot of y'all. Y'all wanna cancel all that shit, but then y'all still watching Star Wars and all that other bullshit where uh what's the white nasty nigga name who uh produced uh Star Wars? Uh you talking about Harvey Weinstein? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And they still watching all his shit. And then Bro, um, but Bill Cosby, I don't care what you say, bro. Bill Cosby don't give a fuck about us. He had a lot of bad things to say about us young niggas. Yeah, and like I said, you can agree with some stuff, and then you can disagree with some stuff. See, I'm with you on that. But, you know, as far as the values that I appreciate in a family setting. What I appreciate with Bill Cosby was, I know exactly what you was about to say. Right. As far as his show and him displaying a black family exactly. that, was, black that was middle class. And nobody was displaying blacks, black excellence like that back in the day like he was. Yeah, it was beautiful. And even it though was he was funny. on some fuck shit, yeah. you know, you can't have, nobody's perfect. So what R. Kelly like to fuck a couple 13-year-olds? <laughs> That's wow. You know what I mean? Until it's your, until it's your thirteen year old. I'm t- yeah. I mean, shit. I kill R. Kelly, and that's my thing. And see, that's why I'm not mad at R. Kelly, bro. Because there is no way this one nigga could do all this shit, and ain't no parent touch this nigga, ain't no brother touch this nigga, ain't no uncle touch this nigga. Everybody that was around the situation was helping this nigga fuck these little girls. Bro, before we get out of here, I got to ask you a question. What's up? Uh, I've thought about this before, so now I want to ask someone. You, you happen to be the first one, so I don't know how your response is going to be. What song do you think you were made to? You were born That's to win 1990. That's a wild-ass question. 1990. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a song in 89. And I was born in October, so I was conceived in 1992. Wow. Bro, I hope it wasn't like no damn. 89. You was born in 1990, right? Yeah. Well, I was born in the 10th month. So it was around January, right? January, so that was 1990. Bruh. There's something in your eyes, baby. He went around back then, though. Me, you want me? I think I think Honey Love was uh was 1990. I don't oh, know, bro. I'm about to look up the goddamn Billboard hits for 1990. January 1990. Look up the Billboard hits. Cause that's a wild ass question to ask somebody. Yeah, you know, some people probably wouldn't take it like take it well. That's why I ain't. Oh no, nah, oh no, nah, Honey Love was 1992. Yeah, see, I had already uh. You had already been here pissing and shitting all over the place. Hell Your mama yeah. was mad as hell. Shit, my, my brother was born in 1992. So we got to look up the Billboard hits from oh my January God. 1990. Nigga, they had Babyface Tender Love. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was one I of I was them. for sure, for sure, conceived to Janet Jackson. <laughs> what song <laughs> Jen, What song <laughs> Janet had, had in 1990? Bro, she had, was that Rhythm Nation? Hold on. She, Janet Jackson was a nasty nigga. Just so we clear, y'all can revere her however y'all what want. What else? What dog? What else songs on there? It had "Real Love," "Escapade" by Janet Jackson, "The Secret Garden" by Quincy Jones. 
Oh my God, ready or not? But after seven. Oh yeah, after seven. Yeah, that's one. Um, I found it. Rub you the right way by Johnny Gill. Oh, that's what I was made to. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. but they had some. See, they had some good ass. Fucking MC Hammer can't touch this. Goddamn came out. Yeah. In January. My mama said. My mama said that was my favorite song when I was young. She said I used to sing it all the time as a little baby. She said I would not go to sleep unless she played that song. Man, I ain't gonna flex, but just looking at the damn the music for 1990, I would have made some babies too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Tony, Tony, Tony. Had they shit Mariah Carey? I ain't know Mariah Carey was out back bro, then. Bro, that's why I asked that question, bro. And I know at first you was like, this nigga asking me a wild-ass question. Nah, well, yeah, that was wild. Because, <laughs> I mean, nobody ever asked about shit like that. <laughs> I mean, because what the hell made, wait, what made you think about that? I forgot. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I just always thought about that, like. I just be sitting around and people be talking about like what happened when they was born. Oh, no, no, no. I know what made me think about that. The type of music I listen to when I have sex. See, I got a, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I got a two hour playlist and whatever play that shit. No, it ain't two hours. It's 24 hours. Man, look, long live Nip. When Nip album came out, I would not stop having sex to, Nip, to Nipsey Hussle's album. Nah, I couldn't do nothing. I can't do nothing to my gangster. Bro, that's the type of music that, that I have sex to. Well, I'm in a relationship, so. But yeah, that's the type, dog, that's the type of music I um I have sex to. Um I remember Cushion Orange Juice came out. I hey. kept having sex to Cushion Orange Juice. Tupac All Eyes on Me. Um Nipsey Hustle's album. I think and of R. course Kelly, Nick Mills album. I think honestly, bro. If you are our age or a little bit older or a little bit younger, R. Kelly is the only person that's consistent on every playlist. Yeah. If I if I go through my favorite R&B playlist, it, I'm a weird person, too. I don't have sex to R&B. R&B is one of those things that's soothing to me. It calms my mind. Um, I'm not one of them people that, like, gets in the mood to R&B music. It's kind of just, like, meditation music to me. I mean, that shit just calms me down. Because I can throw on my damn Jeezy goddamn tear that pussy up or some boosy shit, yeah. but I'd See, rather not. So this is my favorite R&B playlist. Um, I got, I'm going to just read some of the songs. I got Love in This Club by Usher, You Don't Have to Call by Usher, R&B Thug, R. Kelly, Signs of Love Making Tyrese, um, Incomplete Cisco, My, 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 uh, Johnny Gill, High Five, After Seven, I got Mac Miller on here. Um, Mac Miller's album is very underrated. It's called The Divine Feminist. He has some amazing neo-soul type music on there. Everyone needs to hear it. I got some uh, TLC Baby Baby Baby, some more R. I Kelly. I never was a huge Mac Miller sweat. fan. You said what? I never was a huge Mac Miller oh, fan. Oh, I'm a real big Mac Miller fan. When he died, I felt like one of those Nipsey Hustle fans that wasn't a real Nipsey Hustle fan. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, I I like some of his music. I, I like was a fan, bro. Like, but Mac Miller, like, I'm not gonna lie. I I I had got away from his music because when I was in college, I listened to his music really heavy. But then I got away. But then when I heard his uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert, uh huh, that's when I started getting back into his stuff, and I felt like it was different from. When I left it, 
but it was still yeah. good quality. Mac Miller music. was one of those people that that definitely changed with the times, and you can tell he 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 grew as a person, and he made he made music that he liked. I thought about it today. Um, I was sitting around. No, I had a conversation with Maine from More Than the Masters, and we were talking about podcasting, and he was telling me about the things that he wanted to do better and, and, and how he wanted his podcast to get bigger. And it made me think about it today, and I was like, damn, I want my podcast to get bigger also, even though I just started and I'm in a whole different point from him because I'm kind of like rookie of the year and he can be MVP. You know what I'm saying? I know that about myself. And um, um, I want... I want to always reflect and make myself better. So in my reflections, I just was thinking about like, hey, how are you going to be better? And do you make do you make podcasts for yourself or do you make it for other people? Do you do you want other people to receive it well? And my ultimate decision was, honestly, I make podcasts for myself. And I just want to see if other people like it. I don't think I ever can just sit and make a podcast to, for, for other people and please other people. I'll be lying if I say I haven't done that before. I definitely have I definitely have, have, have made podcasts for other people before, and I can think of one off bat. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I can think of one off bat. But do you think, because I feel like as far as podcasts, it's, it's not as saturated as I feel like it could be, but I feel like there's a blueprint for people who wants to make podcasts as saying as far as, the mistakes that you may have made that you can look at other podcasts and say, okay, I did this. How do they bounce back from this? And is there any other like podcast that you, I know you told me before that your favorite is Joe Rogan's experience. Like, so what's my favorite. So what do you, as far as when you're learning about new things that you could do in your podcast or how you can make it better or how you can improve yourself as far as creating content for your podcast, who do you look to for that? Um, so as far as Joe Rogan goes, I don't really learn much from Joe Rogan. The only thing I get from Joe Rogan as far as my podcast is how natural he does his podcast and how he doesn't make it an interview setting. He just makes it a conversation with that person. That's what I always wanted. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, so your name is Keldrick. Why do you think your mom named you Keldrick? Uh, (laughs) How old are you? When's your birthday? Like, I don't want to sit and interview you. I want us to have conversations and let people get to know you through our conversation because I think that's more interesting. That's what I get from his podcast. Those interviews are cringeworthy, too. Yeah, it yeah. sucks, and that's why I don't want to be that person. That's why I'm trying to get better with interviewing, because honestly, I think my interviews suck so far. And I think I'm going to get better, though. Me personally, I think they suck. I don't really like listening to them too much. Like, they're all right, but I know I'm going to get a lot better because I, I know what I'm doing wrong. I respect that you, you ask the boring question first, and then you kind of get into your shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You get into your bag. And yeah. that's, you know, I could tell that... You know, that's something that you're building on. Yeah, I'm I'm working on it. Trust me, my interviews are going to get better. I did one last night that was good as hell. I was proud of that shit. I can't wait to put it out. I want to put it out today. But I was like, nah, I'm just going to wait a little minute because the person that I did it with, he has a, a strong backing, and I know people are going to really listen to it. So I'm going to wait till the perfect time to put it out. I did one last week. I know it's good as hell. It's actually real good. And I'm the reason why I haven't put that one out is because I'm debating on if I want to edit some things out. I want to put it out raw. But the podcast that I learned the most from 
would be Joe Buttons because Joe Button has like that classic success story. Like if you go back and listen to Joe Button's first podcast, which I forgot Shawty's name, but it's like that those first couple episodes with her were fucking horrible. It was that bad. Um, I never seen them. And I tried to I look wouldn't at say stuff. it was that bad. It was just it was just so it was just so weird and just so awkward and he had no idea what he was doing. He literally just came in and was talking in front of a mic. And um I'm not mad at him for that or whatever. And uh it's probably not as bad as I'm saying, but I learned from shit like that and just watching over the time like a lot of people don't know Joe Button podcast used to be called I'll name this later. I've n- I, I'm a new I'm new to Podcast, podcast, yeah. Um, his podcast was called "I'll Name This Later" because he didn't, he had no idea what he was gonna name his podcast. Then he came up with the Joe Podcast, the Joe Button Podcast later, and he kept having Rory on as a guest. That's how Rory, that's how Rory came along. And then Maul came and he did, he did it with Maul. He was like, you know, this is some good chemistry because he actually was looking for a woman. Right, right, right. I thought that he had a woman on there before. Yeah, he did. That's who started out. It was a woman. I forgot her name. But it was a woman on, and uh, would you ever structure your podcast like that, with more than one person than yourself? You have to. I feel like you have to find somebody as dedicated as you are. But correct. You, I don't even have to answer. You hit the nail on the head. It's okay. very hard to find somebody that no nobody's going to push your brand or have the same vision that you have whatsoever. When you find that like-minded person, <laughs> you have to hold on and keep that there. Uh, I've met someone that I think is is a like-minded person as me. He's a podcaster, and I would love to steal him. He, right, right, he's right. He's already doing a podcast with someone else. I, I haven't even talked to him about it, but, yeah, I most definitely would love to steal him and have him as a person do a podcast with me every week. But Would they <laughs> have to be as like-minded as you? Oh, no, 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 no. As far as, like, their way of thinking, they don't have to be like-minded as me at all. I would much rather than be the opposite of me. But as far as, like, their drive and what they want as far as podcasting goes and what and how they believe in consistency, they definitely would have to be like-minded. I feel like you could find that person. Um, but you have some radical views. I wouldn't say super radical, but you believe in what you believe in, and then you would defend whatever the fuck you believe in to the death. And that's why I start podcasting, right? And <laughs> it's not a lot of people like that who can't be easily converted when having a conversation. But you know what? Because I felt like I was going to convert you on some of that stuff we was talking about as far as socialism, right? Oh no, nah, I think I socialism thought. Hey, I thought evil, I was bro. fucking your ass up. I'm not going to lie, bro. I was like, sometimes I was talk, I would talk and I would say like, damn, that's a good ass point. I didn't even know where that came from. And then you would rebut it. I was like, all right, I got to come up with another jab. I'm going to come with another one. I'm going to keep on coming. But he going to convert eventually. He going to come to this Obama side. I fuck with Obama, though. Everybody call him a socialist. I fuck with Obama, too. Yeah. Nah, I don't think, I don't think Obama's a socialist. I think, I think... Obama's the perfect person to look up to because Obama knows how to blend in in any room. Hell yeah, and I feel like he a real ass nigga out from behind that camera. When he not on that camera, he not in that public eye. He a I real think, nigga. I think Obama will come in here and smoke a stogie with me and hit this glass of whiskey and just be like, "Yeah, right, I, right, right." I, right, I used right. to be out there back in the day. You know, I had right. a couple hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can see Michelle goddamn throwing a shoe at that nigga too. 
uh, he, I don't think he would say that around her. He wouldn't say it over the microphone. Hell no. Obama, yeah, he a real one. That's somebody to look up to. That's why I say that too. Like, girls should definitely look up to Michelle Obama versus Cardi B. All right. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could do a podcast with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Tupac. And why Tupac? Uh, Tupac is one of those complicated minds that I never could put my finger on. Um, I love to use the term like emotional thugs, but Tupac, Tupac wasn't an emotional thug. Tupac was a very passionate person. He was somebody that was just super deep, and it was so many layers of Tupac, and he's like an onion. You just got to peel back the layers until you get to the core of Tupac. I don't think Tupac was ever in a comfortable setting where he could be completely himself. It was either you got hardcore thug life Tupac or you got super vulnerable Tupac because he loved women. He was in love with women. So when he was around women, he could be vulnerable, he could relax, but that also wasn't every side to him. So I would love to just be in front of someone like Tupac and figure out who he really was as a person ultimately and not when he felt like he had to go into one of these characters. I know you wasn't ready for me because it's long as drawn out explanation. No, no, that was great because I feel like a lot of people don't have that person that they can look at and draw inspiration from like that. You know, if... If you ask me if I could talk to anybody, uh, dead or alive, I couldn't come up with, I couldn't articulate something as eloquent as that because, you know, I don't really look at people, you know, as super, superhuman or, you know, like they're a better person. You know, I would like to talk to Tupac, but not for any of the reasons, you know, I just feel like it will be cool to talk to the nigga. You yeah. know, he was. He, I just feel like he was one of those real people that you meet. But see, I don't think he was a superhuman. Just that's what I get from people. Like I always look deeper than deeper than than, than surface level. Right, 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 right. And that's why I feel like talking to real people mm-hmm. is alive, underrated. Alive, I'll I'll, I'll do Jay Z just because all the game that I'm gonna get. I feel like me talking to someone like that would be. There, there's not a dollar amount that that will equal up to the knowledge I would get from talking to someone like that. I would want to talk to Jay Z and Dame Dash in the same room, because I feel like Dame Dash, he is so knowledgeable and he is so smart as far as being his own boss. Uh-huh. I feel like just the knowledge and the wisdom that you get from Dame, he he's that more hardcore in your face. I feel like him and Jay-Z are the same person, but he's more hardcore in your face. Gonna yeah. tell you how it is. But bro, the thing about Dame Dash is I had a I had a mentor uh growing up that actually got me into entrepreneurship. And he was one of those mentors that was exactly what you were speaking of, uh, of how you should take all the positive things from people and throw everything else away. Right, right, and that's right. what Dame Dash is to me. I would much rather be in a room with Jay-Z and Damon John. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a way better scenario for me. But, you know, I'm a content creator, so I'm going to create a situation. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people don't know how to how to create that content or would know how to control the room with something as big as that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you talk about people that has a permanent stamp on a culture. That brings you back to your Nipsey Hustle, to your uh, Bigs, your, your Diddies, your Jay-Zs. People who will live forever, and it's 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 a lot of rappers that done died. You know, I feel like Big Pun is not talked about a lot. You know, Big L is not talked about a lot. 
it's a lot of rappers that, you know, they made good music, but just like we talking about Floyd, I feel like, yeah, he was 50 and 0, but what else did he do? Exactly. The only people that's going to still talk about him are boxing fans. Mm-hmm. But as far as the general public, the masses, you have to do a lot more just to have your name remembered and be revered. Yeah. Um, this is officially my longest podcast right here. And I loved every second of it, though. I feel like we could have made this like two hours more. <laughs> but I'm going to definitely have you on for another podcast. I'm going to create this, the scenario where it's someone else and we're going to have some interesting topics. Probably get John Blue on because he's probably the fan favorite right now on my podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hey, <laughs> I ain't going to lie, but when I see Blue on there, I know it's going to be some for show entertainment. Yeah, next time you come on the podcast, because I'm I'm definitely going to have you as a reoccurring guest. And I'm about to say, I'm man, anytime you need that. me, man, this shit is fun. You know? And uh, honestly, I'm not just saying this because I'm still recording, but dog, you're pretty good at this. I didn't have to tell you to lean forward to the microphone not one time. Yeah. And then on top of that, I, I already knew it was going to be good because you're one of them people that know how to articulate yourselves. And anybody that I can sit into a, a full bar and the music is over loud, and we have and a deep-ass conversation. conversation. Yeah, I had over already cigar. moved in. Yeah, we smoking cigars and drinking in a bar over loud-ass music and loud-ass people. And we talk about some real shit. I'm talking about it beat nothing but fat asses walking by, and we just talking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's someone I knew I could have on the podcast. And on top of that, you already know, like, from the day we first met, like, we just... Just click. Yeah. It's just certain people like that I met in my life that were... They'll they'll always be my friend, even if we don't talk for a year. When we see each other, always be my friend. And I've learned over the years, you have to hold on to those people. And some people from your past, you got to let go because you get to pick your friends. Give your people their flowers while they can still smell them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I just did in this moment. My appreciation for you. (laughs) Appreciate that, my nigga. Yeah, but this was another episode of Sit Down with Slim, man. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know if y'all will get through the whole the whole podcast because it's obviously going to be about three hours and 12 minutes long, but I appreciate y'all for listening, man. And we out. No cap. No cap.